Hello and welcome to Both End, a real wellness podcast from the founders of Coro Real Wellness, Colin Kurtz and Diana Pereira. That's us. Ooh, we have a pretty good episode for you. Um, we're grateful today to have presented, I keep wanting to make that presidential joke, uh, a conversation with our neighbor and um, Coro member and... Uh, yeah, lots of other things. You all know him pretty well. Justin Guarini. His journey has brought him many stages and achievements. He's really unpacked his mission, which is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, he will tell us about his fantastic new chapter he's on to and how he has taken control of his art, relationship to himself and his family and others in the community. Yeah, his parenting. Got into parenting quite a bit. What else did we get into? The um, hero's journey. The hero's journey, yeah. Yeah, it seems like we always talk about that. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. What are you reading now? What am I reading now? Um, I'm actually reading, well, I'm listening to... Russell Brand. No, definitely not Russell Brand. We had a Russell Brand conversation. Um, but uh, although I hear he's great from you. Uh, I'm actually reading a book about, or uh, listening to a podcast about strategic seduction. Mm. So it's about finding the pain... Um, the promise and the path. And so the pain, like, for example, it's like, uh, I don't know, what would a, a pain be like? Uh, being overweight or something like that would be the pain. And the promise is, is that you can, and the pain of being overweight is like, you can't play with your kids, for yeah. example. Like, you get winded when your children are trying to play with you. And so the promise would be, you know, wouldn't it be nice to be able to run around and play basketball with your kids or play whatever sport with your kids when they get home and not have to be winded to be able to spend that quality time with them. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's part of the promise. And then the path is, okay, here's how you do it. And that's a, that's an oversimplification of it. But it, in essence, it is like seduction. Like you would seduce a lover or anything like that. It's just like, what is it that this person needs? What is it that I have to offer? How can we come together and and have both of our needs met in a way that is beneficial to both parties? I like that. Yeah. Who's that by that mm. podcast? So uh, that the podcast is not publicly available. Oh, you have to pay for it. And it's part of uh, the Wake Up Warrior movement. So uh, nice. Garrett J. White um, has uh, uh, a warrior program. And it's specifically designed for businessmen, married mm -hmm. businessmen who have children, entrepreneurs who have children. And so part of that is, is the actual uh, sales and marketing training inside that program. Mm, but I will say it was something for me that... About a year ago, I started. Garrett J. White. Yeah, Garrett J. White. Look at He's amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, is a potty mouth, but he's like one of those. <laughs> Good. Yeah, me yeah, too. But it's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. But like, you know, you, you, tell you tell people that, but you really don't understand until you actually listen to what it is Good. that he does. But he um, is just a rainmaker. He's a success coach. And he is someone who developed this program and it's a, a belief system that really helps you focus in on uh, four key aspects. The, um, your mind, your spirituality, your relationships, uh, I'm sorry, and your body, your spirituality, your relationships, and your business. You started talking about this in the sauna. Yeah, yes. yeah, I did. Yeah, it's been a year-long journey. And I literally went from being, you know, this, this highly... Em 
highly paid employee um, who is always like, oh, someone else will take care of marketing. Someone else will take care of advertising. My agent will take care of this. Oh, my manager will take care of that. Oh, no, no. And I, I really went from being a, I, like a two-dimensional man you know, in the sense of like I really felt like my relationships with my kids were really great. I felt like my relationship with my business in terms of just making income was really good. But over the past year, I've developed this multi-dimensional, I would say for the four dimensions of like my body. Like I got really in touch with my body. And instead of being someone who's like, oh, he's an athletic. He's at someone who is training, training his body and like really weaponizing my body to do battle in the sense of like, not only be able to execute at work, but to be a better lover, um, but to play more with my kids, to challenge myself and do Spartan races and savage races and all these other things. And um, then I, I went from someone who was like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm a recovering Catholic. You know, I, I grew up under, you know, I grew up under Catholicism and Roman Catholicism, which is, is there are four of is, us in the room, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is very, it's had, it, there's beauty in it and I'm not knocking it at all. I'm just saying that there is a significant amount of dogma involved, mm -hmm. right? And so I went from somebody who's a recovering Catholic to someone who now really truly is so much more spiritually connected with himself and, and with the, the God within, you know, and then my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my children were deepened through this work. My relationship with business and having a hold of my business and saying, okay, what's my brand? You know, and wait, oh my goodness, I am this really highly paid employee, but I'm just an employee. When the commercials are done, the shows are done, the people in power say, uh, we're not making any money off of this. I'm I'm on the breadline, so how can I take charge of my own business in an entertainment space? You know, which is like, my God, you know, how does an actor take charge of their their work? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's we we're so trained to be like, okay, you go out and you audition for the job. We're constantly trained to work for someone else. So anyway, that's a very long winded version of of my journey for the past year. Interesting. So yeah. many ways we could take that into conversation Ooh. so maybe we will i'm making mm. some notes so mm -hmm. we'll go back to some of those great and you said you wanted to start with a joke though or <laughs> giggles or some sort of something uh -huh. so yeah I, can, when can I we like get fun. into the important stuff yeah i know right <laughs> yeah no, geez. Geez. i get so deep right away right, this isn't yeah. going to be easy at all yeah. <laughs> well i think i i was only going to start with the joke if it felt right I can tell you oh. the joke, it's stupid. Oh, great. Good, at this good point, setup. it doesn't seem appropriate. <laughs> this is a great setup. I'm... <laughs> right. It's uh, not... Yeah. No, it's no setup now. The setup was hypothetical. <laughs> it was like... Well, obviously, we've begun. And when somebody's actually listening to this, they won't necessarily know. <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah. Well, you, could, uh, you get edit. the... We can start I, over. Oh, that's edit the that I out. might edit it <laughs> cue, right? Oh, right. Yeah. No, it's, that's... Per I love that kind of beginning. Yeah. Because now we can just easily talk about Warrior Artist, which is sure. one of the main things we're here for, which is exactly sure. what you were getting to. The joke was just going to be some stupid thing about how you're here to announce your bid for the presidential. Yes, your nominee, I am one of the 6,000 Democratic, Democratic candidates. candidates. Yeah. I was just going to say what an honor it is that you chose both and, which FYI is the name of our podcast, uh, 
um, as the place to announce your yes. candidacy in yes. 2020. Yes. It's I an am, honor that you chose here to announce that. Yes. I'm running both as a Democrat and an independent. Right. <laughs> Hence, and you're I a socialist. came on. But, and I am a socialist. Perfect. Yeah. A deep state right. socialist. Right. Democratic socialist, of course. Right. right. Yeah. So there you go. There's his nomination. Both and. Right, both in. <laughs> it's just an honor you chose here to announce. Yeah, that. look, you know, uh, I really feel like I've got a message. Thanks, that, Diana. Uh, <laughs> is 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 a, a sort of conglomeration of all of the messages that are out there. Well, what is it? Because you just missed the town hall like two nights ago. <laughs> was right? there a town hall? What? Yeah, you missed it. Liz was there, and um, what? God, how many of them are there? Wait, people? town hall where? On C- on TV or or in town? Yes, here? not in Doylestown. <gasps> Oh, do you know Bill Clinton came to Doylestown? Wow. Uh, a few Donald years Trump ago, came to Newtown. Oh, right? God. Margaret yeah. Mead lived in Doylestown. That's true. Which I love. But she didn't have anything to do with president. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just <laughs> n- name dropping somebody that yes, I know Oscar that I'm Hammerstein proud of that she also. lived here. Yeah. And so Joe proud. Montone is from Doylestown. Yes. Joe is. You guys ever hear of Pink? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Pink is from Doylestown. I went to junior high with her, actually. She and I were in the same is class. Is she from Doylestown? Yes. 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 Oh, my. Yeah. Goodness. Yes. Wow. But she doesn't. Was she ever back here? Yeah. Her, her family lives here. Her parents live here. She yeah. was here on Easter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Diana, didn't, you didn't get the invite? I didn't. That is always the second I was question. Eggs she was at Koru. I was looking for eggs with pink. Uh, that is always the second question about pink. It's like, well, pink's from here. And then they're like, well, does she ever come back? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Sorry. It's, Can you no, edit, it like edit the, that out? It's fine. I love it. Well, fair enough. I, I assume she lives in L.A. or something. Is that what doesn't matter? The presidential thing was the whole freaking point, all right? It's great. Yeah, great. <laughs> this is really great. <laughs> yeah. But you missed the town, the national town hall where the, you would have told good? people your policies. Oh, yeah. No, no. I was busy. I had a fundraiser that night, unfortunately. You shit to yeah. do. Yeah, really. and kids. Yeah, exactly. And, and a business. I was fundraising for the kids. Right. Yes. And a yeah. seduction to. I was, to. and I was seducing <laughs> my wife. Yes. It was a very busy night. Hi, Raina. Yeah. <laughs> I was Raina. Uh, she's really good, actually. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I think about how I don't ever see her. I see you all the time, and yeah, no. She's a very. She's, she's elusive. A lovely person. She's like a golden butterfly. It's like you know, <laughs> you, can, you can catch her. I've only talked with her really once, and she's wonderful. Yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. She is. I agree, one hundred percent. I would think she. Um, yeah, she's a she's a goofball, and you don't really get to know it. I can see. That. I can see you both being majorly goofy. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. That's we entertain each other every single day. It's what uh, keeps us going amid the amen to that craziness mm-hmm. of children. Yeah, I've met I've met your kids. Yeah, yeah. You have three children. How old are they now? I do fourteen, about to be eight tomorrow, and six. Happy really? Birthday. Oh, girl, this boy, boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. that oh yeah, this weekend, the party. Yeah, <laughs> that party I invited you and your son to. Yes. 14, 8, and 6. Yes. Wow. We didn't get the real invite. There was because there wasn't a real invite. I'm an artist. (laughs) (laughs) I don't do real invites. And you're a warrior artist. Mm. So let's just go into warrior. Thanks for the joke, Dan. Indeed. This was... Yeah, it was good. It was a a winding road. Mm -hmm. Those are the best. Uh Um, They're the realest. Uh Okay. Yeah, so you've begun so, this thing called Warrior Artist. Yes, I did. Based on a lot of the training that I've gotten in uh, the Wake Up Warrior movement, and then um, 
as I kind of think, well, okay, you know, as I train my body, as I train my mind, my voice, my business sense, I'm like, okay, what can I do to have more of an impact on my community? Because my community has given me so much throughout the years. You know, I've spent the past seven or eight years um, being a part of the Broadway community and they welcomed me with open arms and it's a very small community. And as I experienced life and auditioning and the ups and downs and the mental struggles and the physical struggles that happen in uh, being a part of the theater community, I got to this place in my life where I was like, okay, um, two things happened. I realized that I was an employee and that I was just forever going to be an employee. And, and many of us at some point in our lives end up being employees of someone else. And so I said, okay, well, wait, there's being an employee, there's being self-employed, there's being a business owner, and then there's being a capitalist investor, like the Wall Street and the real estate and all that stuff. And I was like, well, I'm not interested in Wall Street real estate right now. Um, being a business owner, you know, okay, sure. You know, it means I, I own the business, but what the heck is my business going to be? And I thought, aha, I'll do what everyone else does. I'm going to be self-employed. I'll come up with my own business. And as I started... To research that, I realized that's a trap. That's a trap that is almost as challenging as just being an employee, just being someone who works for a paycheck. When you're self-employed and you don't do it correctly with the intention of becoming a business owner who has employees, uh, that self-employed trap is the mom and pop store trap where you've seen those mom and pop stores in the corner where, you know, mom and pa Smith work night and day in the store and they cannot leave that store because if they leave the store, the store doesn't work. They can't go away for a year and the store be run. No, no, they own that store, but in essence, the store owns them. When you're self-employed, if you're not careful, your business ends up owning you. And a lot of times I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give, you know, lessons. I'll give performance lessons and, you know, vocal coaching and other things like that. And that's a one-on-one -on -one situation, which is great. It's sustainable. It can bring you a lot of money. But at the end of the day, you're trading time for dollars. So I can own, I'm one person who can devote one hour to one person. Right? And so like a doctor, like anybody else, I am hemmed in yep. by that thing. You're I, I could, being paid by your input. Exactly. I have to work. I could work. I could work. I could sweat blood during that hour and I would be the paid the same amount as if I were just to sit on, you know, chaise longue or something and, and do the session, right? So, and it ends up being where you just get burnt out because you're just, it's like you can't make enough money in that situation. You can, I guess, if your rates are super high, right? But I said, okay, how can I give back to my community that's given me so much? How can I not be an employee anymore or get stuck in the self-employment trap and be a business owner at the same time? How can I give, add value to my community, maybe even create a legacy if I'm lucky, and own a business? And that was when I started to develop the idea of creating the Warrior Artist Alliance. And the Warrior Artist Alliance is a place where 
like-minded artists can come together, especially if you're in the performance or musical theater game, and you have a safe space where you can be your wild, wacky, wonderful, theatrical self. But not only that, can you be in a community with other people, but there's a hive mind aspect to it where like, oh, I don't know what song to sing. I've got this XYZ interview. What song do you think I should sing? You can ask and answer questions there. On top of that, I give trainings uh, and live and group trainings to people uh, when it comes to auditioning, when it comes to um, performance theory, how to break down a script. And so basically what I wanted to do was I wanted to be able to get my message out to the masses. And that's exactly what I've created, a place where you can come and not only can you get my book, Audition Secrets, for free if you go uh, to warriorartistalliance.com. But you can be a part of a members area which has interviews that I've done with Tony Award winning producers, big actors, um, uh, their vocal doctors, uh, all kinds of folks that I, I've interviewed on there. So I'm basically, I'm basically giving people more value up front than most people would charge for, for free. And then once they know, trust and like me, I make them an offer that says, hey, for a monthly fee, a small monthly fee, you can be part of this private membership group where not only do you have access to all these like-minded people, it's like the cast party that never ends, really. Mm. And you can get trainings from me. You have on-demand content. You have all these other really wonderful perks that you can... I really like how you're combining resources, mm -hmm. value, mm -hmm. with um, collective co-creation because yeah. inevitably from that conversation from that hive mind mm. is going to grow some things that will even surprise you and will ask going to yeah. ask you to create more content and sure. put out more resources so it's, it's really a collaboration I yeah really like it and i like that the word collaboration too because you think okay wait these people someone who is in shanghai can talk to someone who is in arkansas yeah. and Maybe they're both writers. Maybe mm. the, and there's collaborations that can come out of just knowing one another, just being in the same space with one another. Yeah, so and I can relate to that quirky, wacky theater. I know exactly what you mean because yeah. I was in acting school for a few years yeah. back in the day. And there's something that you feel when you're exploring because probably you're playing with so many characters and yeah. outer skins of yourselves, yeah. yourself, and all these inner processes to find those outer skins sure. that. It's fun to have a safe environment to play yeah. that craziness because otherwise you don't find other uh, places where you can be yourself. Sure. That way. Yeah, that, that I mean that's a you touched on a really amazing point because I tell people that you know this is a group of like-minded artists that will celebrate your victories and support you. Yeah. As well when you feel down or you need help. Yeah. You're stuck and yeah. you can't find the character how, you or, know, a lot of people or you need to be in the character for a whole day so you I mean some friends and I in acting school would just dress in the character and just go out have tea because we were playing like a play where there's all ladies playing instruments mm. like I don't know if you know that play it's like orchestra of uh, ladies or something mm -hmm. so they were like all ladies and one of them was a guy and we had to just become we were on our early 20s and we had to become these 90 year old ladies single ladies uh and then we, we didn't know how to do it so we put costume and makeup and go to the tea house and like sit and pretend to be one of them and see how they behave like in real life and taking some from that but you can't do that 
safely like uh, <laughs> all the time yeah, exactly. so can you just find a way to to say oh i'm stuck on this how do you find that yeah. that trail right or share tips and yeah. and hold each other through the process i really like it Absolutely. and specific tools like uh do you mean like vocal sure. coaching and troubleshooting things yeah yeah i, really I mean like that yes definitely specific tools when it comes to script analysis and breaking down you know a character and the way i attack things differently um than a lot of people is i one of the rules that i have for people especially when they're coming in the in the audition room is stop acting mm. and most people are trying to be a character trying to play a character and what i say is when you attune your instrument to the vibration of the character instead of playing a character you are the instrument through which the character plays so for example uh sweeney todd um the demon barber of fleet street you know killing people left and right i've never killed anyone i hope i never have to kill anyone yeah. right but i do understand I, I can never understand what it's like to take someone's life but i do understand what rage is i do understand what shame and guilt are i do understand what it feels like to lose control and i have experiences like that in my life that i can draw on so when i'm analyzing a script or a character instead of being like yes i've i've i'm going to kill you know like that putting on airs or putting on some sort of thing that i don't that i think is the right answer, or some sort of vibration or energy that I, I think is right. I draw within myself, I draw from my own experiences and I say, where have I felt completely out of control? Where have I felt rage and anger and guilt? What are experiences in my life that I can draw on and instead of playing a character, I then become the instrument through which the character plays? Hmm with that work and so yes yeah. to, to answer your question yes those type of experiences you know even if if i'm like I, I don't know what to do with this script then yes the hive mind is there but it's like also the simple day-to-day -day stuff like man i really bombed that audition mm. or i really thought i would get this role or i you know what i feel like acting's just it's just not for me i don't i don't know what to do guys and then to have a group of people there to say hey look I've been where you've been, or hey, I am, am where you am. Let's am where you are. Uh, let's let's talk about it. That's yeah. huge. I can imagine a lot of actors because sometimes you, as an actor, you also have multiple jobs mm -hmm. going on at the same time, and mm -hmm. some of them feed the craft, but they're not the craft. Right. So they can distract you or sometimes make you doubt of what mm -hmm. you the calling that you have of that course. is making you take that you know bartender job or you know yeah. do something else like modeling something sure. that would feed that but from the sides yeah. and then uh, remind you why did you get in there yeah you got it and then keep feeding that yeah. so i really love it that happens when you're together that it's yeah. hard to do alone yeah i like to tell people you know survival jobs that's that's yeah, it totally. survival jobs are what those are called it's like well how does my waiting yeah. job have to so do common. with so common right Yeah, flexible hours you all can that skip a day yeah yeah, sure. yeah. but but the, the key and the trick there is how can i make my experiences during this survival job serve exactly my mm -hmm. larger purpose right like how can i do a character study on some of my customers mm -hmm. i mean this is off the top of my head you can be you know customers just change over right tables change over every 25 30 minutes 
you don't have to be the same person all day, right? Mm. If you're working on a character, why not work on... I mean, as long as you're not offending people. You know know, know what I mean? Like you were talking about in the tea house. There is no reason why you can't make that an active exercise Mm -hmm. during your job. And you're being paid to do it. I mean, I'm paying much. But like, you you know what I mean? Like, so there are ways where you can just with a shift of perspective, um, create... take the mundane things that we face as actors and performers and turn them into things that will serve you. Okay. (laughs) You looked at me. Good. I'll go. All right. And I'll do that. Not in the mic. So that serve you. Okay. Tell me if I'm projecting this. (laughs) Um, It's because what I'm hearing, it sounds like there's this, your focus, the audience is artists in the context of their performance and they're doing their craft and, Mm -hmm their art but it seems like you're wanting there to be a larger context for how they take the experience and the learning and apply it and, yeah. and realize how it can be relevant to yes le- more than that context absolutely yeah this is the so i'm not projecting that. you're not projecting no 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 no, no. you're you're receiving receiving the deeper message here yeah this yes! is on the surface it is you know, how to book more and better jobs, how to nail every audition every time. That's the surface. Those are the sort of... Which like, matters. Which matters, yes. right? Because, you know, it's like how to make more money. You know what I mean? That matters, mm. right? Uh, as an actor, especially. But that's just the surface level stuff. And yes, there's so much. Audition Secrets is a book um, available at auditionsecretsbook.com where I give you five actionable items that you can learn easy easy to learn items that you can implement in your audition that will be so powerful and will change the way you walk into the audition room, change what you do in the audition room, and change how you feel about yourself when you walk out of the audition room. Not to mention that I give you stories from my life and stuff that I've never talked about publicly. Um, until today. Until until today. I can give you one of my stories. And, um, and so... You know, on the surface, yes, there's all these sort of like common... No, there's a link between vulnerability and... What is it? What is Brene Brown's whole thing right now? Um, oh, no. Courage and vulnerability. They go hand in hand. It's like the sure. same thing. Yeah. Well, it takes okay. a lot of courage to be vulnerable. Yes, I get that. Yeah. Okay. Of course, I got it. Look, I'm, I'm here. So let's hear I'm this. open. Let's hear I will, stories. I'll give you my story in, in, in a second. Yeah. So to answer your first question, yes, on the surface, it is all about audition technique and making more money and nailing auditions and all that other stuff. But beneath that, there is a community aspect. That's what I'm really most proud of. There's that community aspect. There's a mental health aspect, which something... So when you say serve, it's... Yes, it's really to serve. It's like I'm fortunate that I make a significant amount of money in my own career, that I'm not money-driven. Of course, this is a business. I have employees. I need to make money, right? But at the end of the day, my goal is to leave that legacy, to serve and to help people and to give them thought leadership in a business that is does not have a ton of thought leadership, to serve them on a much deeper level in terms of community, in terms of mental health, uh, and in terms of the relationship that we have with ourselves. Hmm. And that's that employee mindset. If I can help performers develop more of a business mindset, develop more of a, uh, of a, uh, even a CEO mindset, 
I mean, not everybody's going to be a CEO. That's not what I'm after. But it's like, hey, look, you are not this powerless thing, this cattle to be traded at market. We're meant to feel that way because there's a hundred actors trying to get one job and there's all these people in the way saying that you should do this, you should do that. Here, Agents, managers, um, there are all these roadblocks in the way and we're kind of just scrambling over one another's backs trying to get this, you know, the, grab the brass ring. And it doesn't have to be that way. So there's almost a larger potential. <clears throat> I did it, damn it. Not to, again, not to put the words in your mouth, but game-changing intention here. Or, yeah. Yeah, I want to flip the industry on its ear. I'd like to shift the balance of power uh-huh. I love it. And That's it, I think cool. it's coming as a big wave because I can I, I'm aware that there's musicians also doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Especially now with crowdfunding and Patreon and yes. artists owning their product, be yes. it music, be it acting, anything. Yeah. So I yeah. love that it's part of a bigger movement. Yeah. Technology say. is creating the ability yeah. for artists to retain their power. Yeah. We don't need those you know, five or six people who Middle used man. to hold all the keys to, sure. the, to the kingdoms because now we have direct access right. to fans. Well, specifically in the music industry, it's yeah. notoriously horrible. My brother-in-law and his uh, sister are pretty, well, and his brother are pretty active in there and I hear horror stories. It's yeah, terrible. Well, because it's just a, it's a dying industry. It's a crumb. I mean, look, it'll never completely die because there's just so much money in it and, and they'll just keep you know, putting out hits and they'll keep finding people that they can take advantage of. But, you know, at the end of the day, right? It's oh, just yeah, like you, you know. can't get yeah. on the radio unless you, you know, have a fortune to spend. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, it's just you have to, in order to be able to be in mainstream popular music, oh, it's, it's either you're uh, lucky, you get some viral hit, and somebody's like, okay, we'll do a distribution deal with you, or you have to spend so much money to get in front of an audience, be it with radio or whatever else, that it just becomes that, impossible, unless you are a mega corporation. I think we figured out your whole campaign plan. That's here. it. <laughs> you really are a right. socialist. Which yeah. is this. I love this working for self-peace because it's empowering regardless yeah. of the outcome. So yeah. even if you fail at that audition, yeah. that you still carved a little more of your self-power of, exactly. I know how to do this. Yeah. I know how I did it. I can do it again. Yeah. And if you really do that, is it a failure? That's that's my thing. Is it really truly a failure? That's why I say nail every audition every time. Okay. I don't say book the job every time. Right. I say you go in and you nail it. Yep. And even you know, walking in there, owning your power, delivering your unique performance is so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. Not everything's going to go right. You're going to make mistakes. Left and say, right. What was that thing you just said today on Instagram about mistakes. Uh, what did I say? Own every mistake, something like that. That was on Instagram. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. uh, on Instagram, what it was, was it? today? Look yeah. it up. It was a quote. Yes, I put it up there today. We was were my doing research. Quote. I quoted myself, <laughs> and now well, yeah, it was you, to... but it was about mistakes. Yeah, it definitely was was me, and it was about mistakes for sure. <laughs> I said, "Do not waste energy or concern on your mistakes." In quotes, just roll with them. When you play the "I'm sorry" game on stage or in the audition room, you completely take yourself and everyone who's watching you out of the moment. We're gonna yeah. footnote that as a, eventually our segue to Feldenkrais and Koru, but just we'll footnote. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> no, put a footnote there. Right. You got that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah got yeah. it. 
Yeah, it's true because because the fact that you first show up, you show up prepared mm -hmm. and empowered, mm -hmm. and you live it, so your presence to it. Yeah, exactly. Just in itself is a win, and any right. other mistake feeds the learning process. Exactly. So you never fail. Exactly. That's it. And if you can remember that. And if you take that and you say, okay, dispassionately analyze yep. at the end, right? When you go home, you're like, okay, what could I have done better? Not, oh my God, I can't believe it. Like I take the that. judgment out of it. Yeah, exactly. Take the judgment and say, okay, this worked, that didn't work. Yep. How can I make that thing that didn't work work? Or if it doesn't work, get rid of it and put something else in there. Mm -hmm. And then you begin to develop that sort of trust in yourself. You're a better auditioner, and then eventually people start to notice, and eventually you start to book more and better jobs. But at the end of the day, you're retaining your power, you're generating more power, more self awareness, and you're not bringing this sort of like Santa's sack of like all your mistakes yeah. into the room with you oh, yeah. and setting it down in between you and the people you're auditioning for. I was right? gonna say. Go for it. That energy can be felt the moment you walk into a room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You walk into a room with all the baggage or right. you walk clean and present and ready and it can be felt. It's projected even before you say a word. Yeah. And that's what casting directors, directors, producers, they're all attuned to that energy. They're all attuned. As soon as you walk in, mm -hmm. they know. Right? Yeah. They uh, know what's up. And when you walk in and you act like everybody else acts, usually by telling lies... Because the question, the first question that you walk, that they ask you when you walk in is, how are you doing today? Hiding. Everyone's like, oh, I'm great. I'm just, I'm great. I couldn't be better. <laughs> and they're lying. Yep. You can see it. And now producers, directors, casting directors, they're used to seeing that and they just kind of don't think about it. But subconsciously, they are putting you in the pile with everyone else. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, one of my first things that I say, one of the first secrets, it might be secret number two, is don't ever lie. And... What I say is instead of walking in and lying about how you feel, I give actors a script that says, okay, you know, tell them how you feel in as few words as possible. You know, I don't care if your dog crapped on your rug or the train was late or you're just super nervous, like... Tell them how you feel in as few words as possible. Don't go into, you know, my Devil's uncle, story. my uncle Remus's pet lemur has throat cancer and I, la, 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 I'm doing a fundraiser, <laughs> you know, all that. Like, just tell them and then tell them that your how you feel about the chance to audition for them or the role itself. And then just tell them that you can't wait to hear what they have to say. So a script would be instead of I'm really great. I'm just so fantastic, which is a lie. You would say, you know what? I got to be honest with you. I'm I'm super nervous right now. But you know what? I love this character. I've worked really hard on it. I'm so thankful just to be here in the room. And I can't wait to just play with you and, and see what you have to say. Bam. Like that. And now I'm interested. And because yeah. I know that it's... you like what you're doing right. and I want to hear you. And it is so different. Have you done that? I have done versions of that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't have that same sort of uh, when yeah. I walk in the room, but like I know that it makes such a difference. And people are like, you're such a great auditioner because I do walk in and I'm like, man, I, you know what? I, I'm, it's been a long day, you know, but I'm here and I'm, I, I love this and I'm yeah. excited to work with you and let's, let's, the let's transparency play. Transparency is yeah, disarming. It is disarming. Yeah. And, and when somebody walks into the room like that, as opposed to the hundred other people who've walked in before and been telling lies, it is a breath of fresh air. It immediately sets up 
an energy for a dialogue yeah. as opposed to a performance, which is what yeah. most people try and do. And you're showing gratitude, which is huge. Yeah. And you're showing interest in their feedback, and which not authentic. everybody has. And it's, it's authentic, authentic. For sure. Don't yeah. go in there and lie about how great you feel about it. Like, tell them the truth, but just do it in a way that is transparent, authentic, and, and you know, really shows them who you are from the moment you walk in the door. Right. Vulnerable. You want to talk about vulner vulnerability and courage? I mean, that's that's half the battle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the obvious link you're pointing to is that this is relevant for every stage, quote unquote. Sure. Every context. Yeah. Without the a doubt. The grocery store. The sure. Interviews, you know, for jobs and things like that. I mean, it's just like, that's all an audition is. It's yeah. just an interview. But, you know, a lot of people go into job interviews feeling that they have to perform put on a performance. I mean, there are things called performance reviews in in business world. And so instead of doing that, going in and performing, having owning your power, owning who you who it is, who you are, being uh, courageous enough to be vulnerable and sit down and say, this is who I am. This is what I have to offer. I've worked really hard. I've gone to school for 4, 8, however many years, and would you like to be a part of that? I, I like what it is that you do. I would love to be part of what it is that you do. Here's what I have to offer. Does it make sense? Is it a fit? Yes? Awesome. No? Awesome. Mm, it's such a much more enriching experience it for everybody. Is. And, you, and it allows you, again, to learn. Right. And you mentioned, essentially, I think about condemning and condoning. Like mm. you, you don't get into the habit of condemning yourself afterwards, but it sounds like you're also speaking to don't get into the habit of condoning because either way you might stop the learning like celebrate your victories yeah. but well condone that's an interesting well word. condemn and condone are put together as like a right it's yeah neither condemn nor condone yeah but the there's word. yes and when i say dispassionate that's what i mm -hmm. i mean yes there's there's the sort of like oh when you get it's like uh, never never buy into your never believe your own press i learned that early you know I either never, way yeah yeah i never i learned to never ever truly buy into how great they said i was or how terrible they said I was, mm -hmm. you know? It's a trap either way. Absolutely. It is an absolute trap either way mm -hmm. because, you know, you know, one is you're allowing someone else to harm you. The other is you're potentially harming yourself. Right, 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 right. Which yeah. I don't think, don't edit it out, Joe, but this gets to the, what we talked about briefly, the spiritual part. Yeah. Somewhat, but yeah. we don't have to force that. We can just... <laughs> That's where I keep going in my thing. I like, love that though. I love that. There's, I mean, you want to talk about the spiritual sense that I mean is that for, for what it is that I do is the relationship with yourself mm -hmm. and the relationship with the power inside you and recognizing that, you know, there isn't some lack. There isn't some, you're, you're, you are already enough. Hmm. And you just have to tap into that. And you have all of the ability. It's just you have to have the skill sets and maybe the mindsets in order to access that. Right. And what you're kind of talking about is how to remember that over and sure. over and over. Sure. In any context. And obviously Absolutely. there's a very specific context here that makes total sense. But it's, it's broad. It's, it's, every, it's every context. Yeah. You got to remember that. Exactly. I mean, and there's so many texts that you can talk about remembering who uh -huh. we truly are, right? I mean, there's so <laughs> much that? spiritual text. I forget what, but like there is something that it's like, it's like 
we have forgotten, you know, if you want to come at it from an extremely metaphysical, you know, standpoint, it's like, you know, when we come here, it's like we kind of do. Yeah. It's like we forget. (laughs) We forget that we are made of the same material that the stars are made of. We forget that we are heavenly bodies in essence. You know, we forget that we are, you know, human beings not human doings. We forget all of those things, right? And so when we delve into ourselves, when you take a moment to quiet our minds, when we take a moment to visualize the things that we want to attune our vibration and our energy and align them with our intentions, to have intentions, to have a vision, you know, without a vision, the people will perish. Like those, those sort of things, yes, we begin to remember who we are and then we say, okay, this thing that I want, this this thing that I think I don't have, what is it that I need to do in order to get it? What is it that I need to believe in order to achieve that? Mm. To me, that's the warrior part of what you're referring to. Sure. Right. There's a that... code. There's a discipline. There's mm. an honor. And somehow in that process, if if I can chime in with something that I find when I remember, is that those things that you need you have and they are outside of you mm-hmm. are less way less important than the the things you find in that stillness and that breath and that intention yeah. so you you might pursue them why not sure. but it's the different um, striving for those because you found that peace in you so yeah. you know that the most important things you already have you're alive you have your your health mm-hmm. your loved ones are healthy and safe and nearby mm-hmm. and then the rest is just well if i get it i get it and if i don't i don't and then how do I get it? It's a less um, struggle, less of a struggle and mm. more of a process that you may even enjoy. Yeah. And that would be great. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, yeah. and that's it. And and it sounds cliche at this point, but there is uh, an actual, there's a book I think called The Hero's Two Journeys. I think that's what it's called. T-W-O? It was, uh, yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. The Hero's Two Journeys. I think that's what it's called. Uh, a screenwriter... A big Hollywood screenwriter wrote this book. And if you look at many of the movies that are out there, especially the successful movies, they all follow this pattern. They all, let's take Lord of the Rings, for example, The Hero's Two Journeys, okay? Uh, It takes someone who is in a normal life, who is just going about their life, and some event happens where they are shaken up, okay? So we take Frodo, right? All of a sudden, this ring comes into Frodo's life. Mm-hmm. He was in the Shire, like, you know, doing Shirey hobbity things, wearing no shoes. And yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And all of a sudden, this ring comes into his life. And he's got to make a decision. Either he chooses Damn to Bilbo. do something with it, about it, or not do something about it. He's presented with a choice. And so then he leaves his home. And he goes through on a journey and he goes through the struggle. And then he comes to a point where he's got to either turn back and give up or go forward and achieve his goal. And so, and I'm paraphrasing poorly this thing, but the whole point is, is that whether or not the, the goal is achieved at the end, the most important thing and the thing that we relate to and what you were talking about 
is how we are transformed mm-hmm. during the journey. It's like climbing Mount Everest. People climb Mount Everest. Why? There's why to climb Mount Everest? Well, because it was there. But the whole point is that when you get to the top, it doesn't really matter that you got to the top. It was everything that happened in between mm-hmm. there and how you had to overcome your your struggles, your limiting beliefs, your everything else. Yep. And that's where the key is. That journey is how you're changed. So like you say, when you get stuff, it's like, sure, I could go out and I could, you know, do my business, which is a terrible way of putting it. But like I could create a business that allows me to go get a Ferrari or something like that. I don't, I don't I would never get one. But let's just say I did. Getting the Ferrari would be like, yes, I got this Ferrari. But at the end of the day, it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. Who did I have to become Mm-hmm. What did I, how did, how was I able to positively influence people, myself, along the way to getting that Ferrari is 10 times more important than a, a, a beautiful Italian machine. Yep. True of so many things because yeah. we seek out so much of we, what we already have, mm-hmm. be it knowledge, be it relationships, be it money, power, yep. things, stuff. And then at the end of the day, you're surrounded by all this stuff, yeah. even people, and you're so lonely because you've you've haven't yeah. found your your power yeah. yourself. I think yeah. this is truly um, inspiring. I, I'm I'm imagining you talking to a lot of people. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if I can eventually. see the future or not. Or <laughs> is it something that you would like to do? Well, and the past. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I've sung at a lot of people mostly. Besides but, the candidacy. Yeah. The, well, I, like, I mean, you know. there's a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm holding back on that. It, part of what I do in the Warrior Artist Alliance Pro membership is. I can go online and everyone gets to be in a private Facebook group. And so there could be a thousand, ten thousand, you know, thirty thousand people. And I can go online and do trainings and talk about things like this, talk about, you know, technical aspects, spiritual aspects, you know, run challenges, do all kinds of stuff. And that's the whole uh, shift from that one on one to one to many mm. aspect of, of, of business that I've learned. Yeah, and I bet those get recorded, so then people can play them over. Well, the cool thing is, is that or is it you know, just live? For no, no, it's it's live. But when you're smart about it, you can take one piece of content, like for example, this podcast. This podcast, if we were recording it, could be a, a videoing. It could be a, a Facebook Live, and then the audio is a podcast. But then you take that audio and you put it through. Oh, I forget what the software is called, but it's free online. And it will literally um, uh, voice search. Y- no, not voice search, but like uh, what do you talk? Uh, type out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Voice transcribe to text. It. Yeah, transcribe. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, yeah, yeah. it'll transcribe it, and there's your blog post. And then you could cut up, take little quotes from this thing, mm. and put it onto your Instagram. I mean, there's that's all that I've been learning. It's like right. you can take one piece of content and you can make it five or six. Pieces so now of we content. have say. Three hours of input and we can create a Ooh. massive amount of content. Three hours output. of, yeah, yeah. You could create six months of content right. from three hours. Right. I know yeah. there are people who do YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Marley Baird. And she says, look, we're going to take three hours worth of content. And they go and they talk to you and they videotape stuff and whatnot. And they create six months worth of content wow. from three hours. That's great. Because they know how to chop it up and and disperse it in a way that is... You know, it's beneficial. So we will have a camera eventually. Great. Joe, yeah. how, how effectively can we multitask right now? <laughs> just gonna like, right well, now. sure. Can some, can oh, you hold right. a phone? <laughs> sure. You can clown, Joe. Sure. 
Yeah, why not? <laughs> just get a little bit. I mean, a phone and a tripod. I'm happy to. Well, well, just can a you middle. multitask? Can you do both? Oh, yeah, yeah why just not? a moment. Yeah. My phone do you know needs, my friend? My I have charging, a, a really so good mine. friend that is uh, in Google X, and she says oh. that very soon we're gonna have voice search. What's so, that? So that would be AI working for us, searching for say, I don't know, spirituality in 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 the context of this conversation, and and you will oh. get to minute three point forty four and minute wow. fifteen twenty two, and you could just skip directly to the parts of the conversation that tap into that tag you're interested in that's yeah. pretty amazing i'm gonna nice, keep right? we're yeah. gonna keep coming back to spirituality because i just can't help it. it's like my magnet i know force. it's kind of like an over arc it is it is for us especially here. because of the you, know, you hit on something so important with joseph campbell there and the the hero's journey and mm. i mean you've made me think about the fact that i know you've uh think you've met mark hamill and the entire star wars story is yeah. based on that george lucas literally created the whole story based on the hero's yeah. journey if you look Joseph if you think campbell. about the hero's journey yeah if you think about that and then I was just talking about lord of the rings this morning with yeah. tom bombadil the guy before oh yeah tom bombadil yeah of course <laughs> fatty lumpkin so um <laughs> um yeah, it's it's such a prevalent theme throughout so much of the stories that we know and love yeah, and to, you know, device, I guess, not, not a theme. to be, I guess, my vulnerability, my hesitancy is to be um, too soapboxy about what I think is is important. And this, this really should be the essence of your campaign mm. as far as service goes. Democratic 2020. Mm. Or I don't care, Republican, whatever. Um, is if service is geared towards the broader social context, then I think that somehow we need to be able to and i don't have the answers of course but i have suspicions make it easier for all of us individuals to get on that path mm. i think right now the fundamental challenge for our in a broader social context is being able to remember that what we've been talking about and get on that path and be aware of that path and stay on that path in mass and that mm. become the the norm as opposed to the outlier mm -hmm. um, to me, that's the essence of what, at least for my sense of service, that's what matters. On mm -hmm. a, like a broader, not broader, just a different context. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. But there's, um, there's a, because of the way we are segmented, and I would even say fragmented, you want to talk about Democrat, Republican. Love that word. Fragmented. <laughs> you know, really segmented, fragmented today. It's like I was, you know, when like the Mueller report came out, for example, like I love going to CNN and seeing what they're saying. Then I love going to Fox and seeing what they're saying. Then I loved going to CNBC and seeing what they were saying. And then, you know, I love going over to, you know, Bloomberg and seeing what they're It's, you can go and you can get whatever message you want yeah and that is a double-edged sword right because you know depending on whatever tribe you hang out with or whatever you believe in you can be told whatever it is you want to hear and so it's we're now in a world of like specifics and specificity and so yes i do think that it should be easier for people en masse to be able to What's a goal? A goal, right? It's a goal. But you got to meet people where they are. Right. And so to be specific, it's like XPT, for example. You know, XPT is very specific. 
it meets people in a very specific place and set of desires in their life. What I understand of it, right? Now, is it beneficial for everyone? Absolutely. Would it help everyone? Oh my God, yes. But there's... Uh, you have to like it's like the old way of advertising for example it's just like literally like a drive-by shooting you just spray bullets wherever you can and maybe you'll hit somebody but now because of the access that we have the direct response marketing that we can do we can target with google with facebook we can laser target people who are 35 years old who are into yoga who are into health and wellness who are into and and they live in the you know Scottsdale Arizona you know area right and so i think that yes on mass is the goal but specifically targeting people and then building momentum creating momentum 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 from there is a much more effective way of going about getting your totally, message out yeah and it's only the goal if we care about breaking what i think is a thousands of years old tale and which is tendency oh to be to, well from again a spiritual standpoint to accept excessive suffering yeah <laughs> that suffering you must it's like no pain no gain right well but yeah yeah and the excess is what i'm pointing to the um which i would synonymously say unnecessary the unnecessary part the right. overwhelming normal normalizing of unnecessary suffering yeah the normalization of that kind of suffering i would equate more to just the necessary components of growth sure yeah great great you're um, talking about more like victimization yeah, and just excess poverty and the mm. kinds of things that we know don't have to be. Right, yeah. <laughs> just don't yeah. have to be. Yeah. yeah. And ideally, the hero comes back to be of service for... Mm. I'm wondering what's the risk, because I follow this um, very interesting philosopher of these days, also angel investor and mm. whatnot, um, creator of Angel List, you know, super, super, super interesting man called Naval Ravikant. And he says wealth creation is for everyone mm -hmm. these days because we have so much access to technology and we have so much access to dispersing right. um, information and um, separating input from output and being, be able to pay, say, if you're a coder for millions of dollars for one hour of work. Mm for example, and so many other ways of wealth creation he's talking about. Um, so it almost seems to me that the, the benefit is obvious, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. what, what would be possible society-wise, culturally, massively, if we could all wake up to this? But what is the risk? Because when I talk uh, to, say, some family members hmm. about this, this business we're opening here, that, is, that the intention is to serve our community, and to co-create and to grow together, but there's a risk attached on the other side. And they say, but why would you do that? You can be an employee and get a paycheck and it's mm -hmm. safe and you have benefits mm -hmm. and you have this and you have that. Mm -hmm. Because we are fed thousands of years of this fake sense of security. So what's the stake? What, what's the stake on, on the steps we are about to, to take? Because I feel like you, that individually we are taking the steps in mm -hmm. globally, we are creating a different culture and mm. evolving this sense of empowerment and i don't want to work i don't want to be an employee my whole life mm -hmm. i don't want you to tell me if i can you know take a day off to be with my kids mm -hmm. you know i want to be able to make my own choices right but what's at stake because there's got to be something risky there that some people are not ready to 
what to, to hop on. In answering that and just chime in, I think the three of us, and probably you as well, Joe, are keeping with this context of the hero's journey. I suspect we've all just felt the call. It's not, and it, it relates to the risk, but the key word here I'm adding is adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, why not is also the key question for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, go. For, do you want to answer the risk question? Yeah, I mean that brings me to a quote like you know the coward dies a thousand deaths, the hero dies one death, and so yes, the risks are there. The risk of not having any money, the risk of not being able to provide, the risk of failure, those are all there. But inside of those risks inside of the journey that you go through, whether you experience those risks or not, well, you experience those risks, as you're experiencing the risks, is the, is the, the seeds of that growth, is that, that evolution, that next step. I mean, I don't care who you talk to, the billionaires out there, and if not them, then their parents who were the billionaire, whatever, came from nothing or were, had massive failures or had made millions of dollars and lost it all and had to make it again, you know? And so, yes, that's a part of the entrepreneurial journey. That's a part of the, the risk. So, the, yeah, the risks are there. The risks are breaking with the thousands of years of indoctrination that say you're safe if you go to college and you get a degree and then you go work for someone else. And slowly that has been chipped away. It used to be, uh, you know, in the early 20th century and mid 20th century that you would go to college, maybe with a GI Bill, and you would get your education and then you'd go work for a corporation and then you'd retire and that corporation would take care of you until you died. And it was wonderful, a lovely system. And it worked. But then as time marched on, it became impractical for companies to do that. And life and everything else became so expensive that they cut out that sort of pension, except for certain government jobs and certain other jobs. And then the education system became so unbelievably expensive. It still is. And so now here we are in, you know, almost 2000, well, it's 2019, and colleges cost a fortune. And then when you get that education you're not even remotely guaranteed a job we're in a freelance market you know where things like fiverr.com are like the they're they rule the day right those the freelance there are kids on there who are literally in bangladesh who are killing it with facebook ads or with graphic design or whatnot because they can't get a job there are people in America who are like, I will run your entire social media. I will do business cards for you. I will do all kinds of stuff. And they're charging. There's there's even a person on there who charges $5 to put a curse on someone that you want to have cursed. And she's gotten like 50,000 people to pay her $5. Wow. Right? Wow. I think it's like two hundred fifty thousand dollars or some crazy. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, and like, so we live in this sort of freelance market. Anyway, so yes, it's like the risks. Getting back to what you're saying, the risks are all there. Mm -hmm. But it's death, they're alienation, they're more fragmentation, yes, isolation. Exactly. 
But what you're speaking to is also the inherent risk of not, which is basically not really that's living. Right yeah, that's, that's what I call what's at stake. Yes. So there's the risk and oh, what is the stake. What's at like, stake? What, what's at stake if we don't take the risk? Yeah. And I like how you were getting into the history because why are we here? I suspect there's a historical context as well. Like you talked about basically post-World War II there and just listening to... It might have been Russell Brand last night. I'm sorry. I think you it's really okay. would like him. I'm, look, I am, fella, I am open but... to liking <laughs> Russell Brand. Yeah, good. I'll tell him. Hear that, Russell? Good. Um, the, I mean, the tech influences, we can't, obviously, as you just said, that person who can curse people and made $250,000 because of cursing people is fucking crazy and yeah. real yeah. and is only real because of the tech component which I think is also, and I am definitely not an expert on the link here, but I can see it. And I think it's the silver lining of the entire shift, um, certainly since World War II. And probably there's been a, obviously there's been a lot since then, um, is the breaking down of all the, the systems that we are speaking to of these thousands of years old systems. Mm-hmm. Um, which I actually, not to sound like a naive narcissist, or... or um, yeah, not to sound naive at all, and like an anarchist, I think could be to the betterment of all mm-hmm. in this context of empowering all of us to see the silliness yeah. of yeah. and the inherent just tragedy of not living, the what's yeah. at stake. More and more of us will see the what's not at stake. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'd like that. Yeah. Um, right? Well, sometimes mm-hmm. you need to break... I mean, the, we are we are all in some way, shape, or form so hopelessly addicted to the system, which I, that yeah, which is just through just just being born into it. I mean, it's, again, you're talking about the movies. It's like the Matrix. You know what I mean? It's like mm. it's like there are people. Tell us about that one. So the Matrix movie, <laughs> uh, it's a great movie that came out around 1997. Is that the hero's journey? Too? Yes, it is. As a matter of fact, it is. And so. You know, it's like there are people who are so hopelessly addicted to the system of go to school or get a job, work for a paycheck, all that, that any anything else would be so crazy. But, and I, again, I don't want for this, I don't wish for this, but it would take a cataclysmic event no, to break that none system. None of us want that. It's yeah. just recognizing that it, it's, if there's any silver lining to that, it would be that shift for the betterment obviously yeah. no nobody wants that ideally it would happen with your presidential campaign of course and the policies you could put in place between yeah. 2020 and 2024 right right but i think you know what I, legislative I think... shit would take place <laughs> but i think really what you're getting at is is there's a silver lining in threshold yes there's a silver lining keeps in coming back to hitting reeves in general but no 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 but yeah but there's a silver lining in 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 hitting your threshold that was what it yes. was for me I hit a threshold of pain and of suffering in my own way and yeah, sort of my career. Yeah, <laughs> not about you. <laughs> not about you, buddy. I hit a threshold of pain and suffering in my career that made me ask better questions of myself. I always like to tell my students, it's like, you know, um, better questions lead to better answers. Mm-hmm. Better answers lead to better actions. Better actions lead to better outcomes. And better outcomes lead to better stories. Mm-hmm. The stories we tell about ourselves. Yeah, that's a soundbite. Edit that one out. That's a soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> right? Love it. Right, and that's it. Yeah, and that's it. So you know, I, I, 
I started asking myself much better questions because mm. I'd hit a threshold of pain. And one of those questions was, how can I never feel this way again? How can I make sure that other people like me, who other people who don't even have the, the advantages that I have or have earned, how can I make sure that they never feel this way again? Sort of disrespected and sort of beat down by the system. I suspect. And so there's a silver lining in that threshold yeah, that people hit. And those how can I are action questions. Yeah. I love those. Yeah. Because you can say, why this happened to Victim. me? Those questions don't help. That's yes. True. So those are the better questions. Yeah. The questions that either uh, take you in a direction of action, intention, mm -hmm. or the questions that just put out a possibility. Like, how would it be? Or I wonder, yeah. wouldn't it be nice? Like you yeah. said at the beginning. I love those. Yeah. Because those open you up yeah. to creating. Yeah, for sure. In a different way. Less active, but also just making yourself available to it. Mm -hmm. Instead of victimizing or blaming or putting it yes. out of yourself. Yeah, as parents, um, I think it's imperative that we encourage our children to ask questions. I, I forget where I got this idea, but instead of asking Will or... Sophia or Griffin, what did you learn today? What questions do you now have because mm. of what you experienced? That's a much better way of going about it because like Will's like, eh, nothing. nothing. Yeah, nothing. banana. Eh, banana. <laughs> <laughs> banana. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't want to pry, but I wonder about that particular point where you shifted. Sure. Only be because I bet people would care. Yeah, yeah. There is a major Broadway show that asked me to come in and audition for two of the roles in their show. Um, and I will forever love this show. I love the people who created it. Um, I love the, the material. And um, uh, based on availability of a schedule, would still do it. Um, <clears throat> so I don't what they did is they asked me to... The that's fine, that's fine. It's good. What they did is they asked me... <laughs> my dad's trying to FaceTime me. Um, what it is, they asked me to. Um, they asked me to come in and audition for them, and so I learned twenty songs, very very wordy songs. Took me about a month to do it, and I went in and I auditioned for both roles, and they gave me some feedback. Great, boom, took it back, did some more work on it, came back in, auditioned again. They gave me a little more feedback and they said, okay, you're ready to see the big guns. Because in the audition process, they'll usually put associate, assistant, casting, assistant, director, assistant folks, just to kind of get you right before you go see the, the, the head honchos. And so I went and I saw the head honchos. And they gave me some work. And again, I was doing the 20 songs and you know all this is happening over the period of a month. And then uh, I have to come back in again um, to meet the approval of another one of the head honchos. And so I come in, and this time I only have one of the roles because I asked, I was like, hey, look, I love both of these roles, but um, I'd like to go for this one. And they said, yeah, sure. And so I went in and boom, gave, gave a, a, a performance and then got notes and feedback that were in direct opposition from everything else that I was given. Mm. And so I said, okay, but being an actor, you have to be flexible, right? You got to... And sometimes in auditions, people will do that to you. They'll say, you know, uh, do this um, in a completely way that doesn't make any sense just to see if you can do it, just to see if you'll go with it. Because 
again, the audition's not a performance. It's a dialogue. And the director and or people on the other side of the table are not only trying to judge your talent, but they're trying to judge what kind of person you are, how easy you are to work with, whether they're going to have to drag you through a rehearsal process or whether you're going to be a collaborator and someone that is on the level with them. Um, so I went in again. So total six times of this. Six times going in and out, which is a lot, not crazy, but it's a lot to be doing at the level that I'm at, right? I'm certainly not at the the high of heights, but I'm certainly not uh, cattle calls either. And so where I am, that six audition was a significant investment of my time, a significant investment of my energy, a significant investment of my, my whole everything. And at the end, I went in, I auditioned, I gave them everything, I left it all in the room, and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks go by with no response. Okay, big machine, takes time to you know, turn the boat around. Um, and <clears throat> the response I got baffled not only my agent, but baffled the casting director as well. And it was just simply, no. And so I went through almost three months worth of devoting. And I love this show. I love these people. I interviewed the person who was playing my role on Broadway to make sure that I really understood the character. I mean, I went to the mat for this thing. And I was not bothered by the fact that they said no. Rejection is part of what we do, right? In the, in the theater game and in the performance game. Rejection happens all the time. It was that they only said no. That they didn't care and have the respect for me, for my time, for my artistry to give me something that I could work with. No, because you're too tall. Okay, great. I can't control that. Closure. No, because we just don't think you are black enough or white enough or we don't think you're this, that, whatever it is, right? Those things that are out of my control, boom, closure. I can live with that. Okay? That happens all the time. Or no, we really felt like your voice was XYZ. We really felt like this part of the acting wasn't quite that. Then I can say, all right, great. Thank you very much for this lesson. I can take that and I can be better for the next time I do it for some other project. Or I can learn. I can grow. I can. I, there's some sort of journey that's happened, right? And some sort of lesson that I can learn. But they just said no. And they didn't give me any excuse. They didn't give the casting director any excuse. And they're just like, nah. And that... For me, I realized I'd been on Broadway for seven years, been in seven shows, you know, gone and done auditions that people asked me to do coming in six times. I, you know, I am an active member of the community. I do this, that, and the other. I, I commute back and forth five hours round trip to make sure that I'm not only giving my all to be able to be on Broadway, but making sure that I'm home with Raina and the kids and that I can be the... And I felt so disrespected. And it was. It was extremely disrespectful. And then I thought, well, you know what? I don't ever want to feel this way again. And it really set me back. And I just stopped. I just kind of was like, I don't, I don't, do I even want to do this anymore? Is this what I'm going to get? I've worked this hard. And this was a, a, just a clutch role, a gorgeous role that would have helped me to go to the next level. And I just was like, and then I again started asking better questions. I'm like, how... 
How can I make sure I never feel this way again? How can I make sure that other people never feel this way? How can I break down the audition process so that I can go in and so that I can completely blow them out of the water and so that I can not feel this way? How can I break down not just the audition process, but you want to talk about a little bit deeper. How can I break down the mental, the mindsets that I need to have in order to walk in and not feel that excess suffering that comes with berating myself when I walk out of the room saying I should have, could have, I would have done so much better if. How can I stop myself from falling apart in the room if I fall apart in the room? How can I, how can I, how can I get some power back? Because I feel so powerless and so victimized and so hurt in this moment. And it started, and it's something that we ask ourselves every single day. It's like, why am I doing this in the, in the, in the theater, in the performance game? I mean, we're like, even if musicians, you know, whatever. You're like, what the hell am I doing? The fuck is this all worth? Why am I doing this? And my goal was to not have to feel that way or to have a better answer as to why I'm doing this. And so that threshold of pain for me started a journey that had me asking better questions, which gave me better answers, which gave me uh, better you know, results. You know? And then those results gave me better stories about myself. And yes. Warrior Artist yes. uh, Alliance and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Beautiful. And that was it. And so I, I now I'm devoted to finding purpose in my pain and seeing how I can expand and then how many people I can positively influence as a result of my own expansion and then helping other people to do that. And in my way, if it's one person or a hundred people or a thousand people or 10,000 people, I just want to share that gift with people, as many people in my profession as I can, because the more, because it is a tight knit community, it's a very small community and the more we can get our power back, the more we can liken music, how they're starting to take control of the fans and having that, the more that we can retain our power, the less suffering that we'll have to endure. Yeah. Well, fortunately, you had the tools to alchemize that. That's some real alchemy there, being able to take that shit and that <laughs> lack of respect and compassion yeah. and courtesy, professional courtesy, obviously, yeah. as you're speaking to, and alchemize that into some gold for yourself and obviously it affects your parenting and hypothetically if you were to be a director you wouldn't do that sure and if he has directed i we should have known that but. no no i haven't <laughs> no 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 i know no i haven't no i'd leave that to the professionals but um but maybe but you never know yeah. and see again we talk about that leader thing yeah yes, you're leadership. in a different context because I, of it yeah i mean you talk about that deeper thing yes but you, you could have crumbled i could have yeah and i have in the past for sure right. and there's things to learn from that but again we talk about that deeper aspect of things the spiritual aspect the relationship to and with the self and developing that not even developing it but really remembering the power that we have that is an, it is it is our birthright right that peace that power that centeredness that agency the choice agency choice we have choice we are not victims oh wow right there we go <laughs> we have agency yeah. those experiences i guess is when we get to the bottom of the well right. when you think you're done and dark and there's the pro probably an, uh, an option from the past which is to linger there and mm. say suffer and 
darkness and depression and just stay there and and somehow some of those maybe because you got to the deepest bottom of the well get you to that grit and that resilience and that remembering of shit i'm stronger than i thought i could and then the alchemy but it comes from within and it comes from probably hitting bottom many times and sure. one time you hit it so hard yeah. And you don't want to stay there any longer. So then you start crawling back out. Threshold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that it. bottom is also a stripping away uh-huh. of material. It's like those people who are unbelievably wealthy, who then are unbelievably impoverished in one way or another, you know, hit that bottom and you strip away all of that stuff and all you have left is a mirror. Mm-hmm. And you have yeah. to choose. Right. And you choose. You to choose. I think that's the essence of what you've... Uh, come to from all the various aspects you even the catholic part probably sure realize the reality of choice and i yeah imagine imagine if we all knew how much we could choose yeah (laughs) even within the system every context it's the fundamental piece if we could just recognize our ability to choose Mm -hmm. i'm interested in, in knowing more about how do you train that mindset on a daily basis well, what I like to do is I have something question. called the daily warm-up. And go what ahead. I do is I talk to people on live. I go live on Facebook. And what I'm doing now is the very public face of that. It's like a 10-minute sort of discussion on something that uh, is is happening in my life, but also relates to performance, also relates to... Every day. Yeah, every day. Every day, I like to go on. Every day. Maybe not the weekends. I don't know if I do it the weekends. I don't think I do. And I'm not going to do it this weekend because it's my son's birthday. But um, every day during the week, I like going on and just talking 10 minutes about, okay, you know, uh, today I did, uh, you know, it was titled Listen to Me. And it's all about active listening. And I talked about how my sons, William and Asher, are having a very difficult time listening. And then I parlayed that into, have you ever been listening to someone and looking at them and listening to them but just thinking about something else right we all have done that right you just tune out i'm doing and, it right now right exactly <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for that that was a bear trap that i just I stepped I right in i had to take it i had to I take did. it i did i just yeah, right, said it teed it up for you so so yeah so I, the difference between listening why can't you be serious i know come on i know i'm a goof why oh, can't you be serious <laughs> Because so, I'm South American. Yeah, that's it. See? Um, so the difference is is active listening. And active listening is something that we do a lot in life. You know, active listening, whenever someone's telling a really funny story or a scary story or like talking in a way that's really animated, you're there, you're focused, you're not thinking about anything else. And in the audition room and on the stage, when we're feeling nervous, when we're feeling in our heads, Active listening is a huge way to be able to get out of that because it takes all that stuff and strips all the in our heads and you laser focus on what it is that you know your scene partner is saying. And so I developed an exercise or I give them an exercise on how to do that. Another time I, I talk about um, you know don't ever lie, for example, like one of the secrets that I have in the book. And so I go on and just little give people little daily things to help them get their day started off so right. that's your daily warm-up the daily facebook warm-up live. yeah facebook live and and so i do sort of the daily warm-up outside of that Same and then i'm every day or? no no whenever the spirit moves me usually in the morning um and so that right now is the sort of the the thing publicly but once 
um, we generate a little bit more momentum inside the Facebook group, those things will be for mm-hmm. our members inside the Facebook group. And we'll do, so outside, yes, there'll be like maybe a five minute sort of thing, but inside we'll delve deep into that discussion and there'll be interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be like, hey, you know, this is my five minute talk. What are you getting from this? And I bring somebody live with mm-hmm. me and we'll talk and we'll really, really delve into it because I mean, it's that kind of dialogue that I want to create inside of our community. And there'll be, there will be uh, ways to create breakout rooms, you know, in Zoom. I love Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use it all the time. And you can literally create breakout rooms where people, someone in, um, you know, South America can talk with someone in the UK about, you know, the, the whatever the topic is. And then you all come back into the group room. And so it's, it's technology is awesome what you can do with it, you know, virtually. And uh, I look forward to taking advantage of that. Yeah, sounds you are like you have something going on there. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any daily practices yeah. besides that? Absolutely. I was going for some sort of ritual. Um, oh, the ritualistic stuff. Well, something, yeah. something that sets you on that mindset every day. Absolutely, yeah. I get up around 5 o'clock every morning. And first thing I do is I have a, you win. a green smoothie. Well, five or six, but usually five. I try five as much as I can. And I'll have a green smoothie. Um, and then I will meditate for 15 minutes and visualize the things that I would like for myself, the things I'd like for my career. Uh, I'll visualize across um, my body how I'd like to look, my spirituality, my relationship with my wife and my kids, and the things I want in my business. And I'll pack that into 15 minutes and then I'll journal um, uh, with any sort of revelations I've had. And then I'll write uh, my wife a little love note, write my daughter a little love note via text, both of those. And then I'll write something out because my kids like to have the pieces of paper and then it can be something as simple as you know i love you deeper than the ocean you know wider than the whatever this universe or whatever we've been talking about that week and then um i will do uh discover and declare is discover something like read five ten minutes or find something out about business and then declare it which is my daily warm-up which is where i talk about it mm. so yeah that is and that all comes from garrett white and the warrior program because what he's done is he's gamified um and created a system around setting yourself up for success and for being a multi-dimensional human yeah it can't that can't be better it's great it's great i love that it has a play aspect yeah and play yeah right when you say gamify that means take something that it could be like oh my god i have this chore in yeah. front of me make it a game make it it playful, is you get points make it yeah yeah you, you get, get points, points for it. Actually. yes there's actually oh, software nice. uh, yeah. that he developed where you go out uh, you know, nice. it's not gonna be very useful for the people listening but it's 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 a software where um you open the software and there's these quadrants on the software i don't know if i'll be able to do it we got have 4g happening in here yeah, there we go. 4G. Yeah, so nice. nice. Yeah, very some, high so tech at core. 2000, 2006 up in here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It has nothing to do with you. It's just the location <laughs> where we're at. It's a, it's around the airport, so maybe it's getting stuck. So um, I don't know if you can see it. But anyway, it has all these quadrants, and you just tap yeah. them off, and it's like, okay, great. Boom, my fitness. I did my fitness. Boom, Got I fueled it. myself up, and boom. And you we'll get put it, yeah we'll put it on the post so you yeah. you you, you get points for checking yeah. all the boxes let's correct. say correct yeah oh, and then fun. my favorite is that you declare mm-hmm. what your live um, video is gonna be like because that's some sort of um, yeah. 
coming like simmered or sifted out of that meditation and the, mm-hmm. the, the workout or whatever. Yeah. So it comes from within, actually. It's not like, oh, I today we're, I'm going to talk about whatever. So it seems mm-hmm. like it's, a, it's coming out of the process that you yeah. went through. But then th- since you declare it, you have to do it. Yeah. What I mean, declare is also, yes, I declare that I'm it. doing something, but also the declaration of what it is that I've learned. So part of the process of integrating it into my own life, information or whatever it is that I want to put out into the world is, you know, teaching it. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you want to learn something, teach it. Yep. And then so, okay, great. I have this experience. I learned this thing and ooh, or I found something uh, interesting about business or I found something about how an actor can better market themselves. Not only am I going to learn that, but I'm going to teach it and therefore I'm helping someone else get a little taste of it and if they're interested in it they can pursue it further but I'm also integrating it and teaching myself the material that much more when I talk yeah. about it yeah. these are great rituals yeah. what's in the green smoothie the green smoothie has a fistful of kale and uh, I have yeah, we usually use a banana with a lot of sugar in that um, but usually it's banana kale um, acai I get this little acai mm, sort of packed love things them. Me yeah too. great right Frozen. yeah great and then uh, some berries on top of that but okay. now I've been doing just acai berries and kale with no banana because I'm trying to see what happens if I take that banana sugar out and uh, it's not nearly as tasty but. Uh, <laughs> Bananas are good. good. Yeah, yeah. Bananas are good. I like the bananas. I'm not, I need to go and buy some bananas after I leave here, actually. I love seeing this reinventing of yourself. I, I did a, some research because I've known you, you know, briefly. Yeah. Uh, as Justin, I really like you uh, since I saw you, but I have I didn't know much about you really, really uh, in terms of your career. What, what have you done like thoroughly? So I took some time and I saw... Well, you just met in November, just, right? Just reinventions. Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah, of yourself, and this is this seems like the the latest evolution, yeah. and I think there's more coming. But I I love to see that is coming from within, yeah. and um and somehow lighter, less less like forceful, yeah, yeah. and and a little and way more joyful, which is for me more attractive. <laughs> and if I if I am your audience, I would be more attracted to that. Sure, than yeah. To, so the warrior is, is a gentle warrior. I really like yeah. that. Yeah, well, that's why I call it warrior artist. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's the warrior artist. It's the balance of the warrior ethos with the artist ethos. And I've always had this logic brain, but also this arts brain. And I've never known how to put them together. And so through the work that I've done um, with the Wake Up Warrior movement, I've, oh, it just, it was the integration that I've been missing. You know, those two sparking leads that are kind of just hanging out and all of a sudden, boom, they came together and it all made sense. So I get to be an artist and I get to perform and I get to be a little sweet and I get to be on Broadway and I get to do all that other stuff. But at the same time, my legacy, those things are fleeting. Whereas my legacy is, is the Warrior Artist Alliance movement that, that I'm putting together and the Audition Secrets movement that I'm putting together. Um, and thought leadership and hopefully helping people end the kind of suffering that is just happening on a daily basis and showing them that they have choice to not suffer. Mm. They have choice to take all of that suffering and find purpose in it and expansion ultimately. Mm. Yeah. Love that. 
Um, do you want to talk about the eyes a tiny bit? Just to, to <laughs> yeah. sidetrack into something oh, yeah. that we are really interested Speaking in. Speaking of, I thought ice. for a second you were trying to end it there. Which... Oh, no way. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I was, I was getting just... myself prepared. I was like, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. Right. And I don't get to end anything. I mean, we, we do it together. I know, I know. Just... But no, no, I just, I wanted to, uh, to say that out loud because because it's not easy when you have a career mm. and people try to pin you down. Oh, are you a singer? Or oh, are you an actor? Or oh, are you a theater actor? Or oh, now you... So, and that's bullshit, really, yeah. because labels are for others, right? We don't... I, I am going to say none of us really feel attached to the label. So, mm -hmm. um, if that's not not true, correct me right now. No. Okay, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> right? We, we are multi... And, and being a parent, you know about that, right? You have to shift constantly, continue yeah. changing and evolving. But real quick, how are you on time? Do you need to call dad? Or you oh. No, I'm good. You're good? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's good. All right, great. Yeah, so so the reinvention being like an authentic <laughs> rebirth yeah. and, and uh, seeing that expansion in you, it's really inspiring. But in mm. no way it's an ending. It's just a... Just a I know it just felt acknowledgement. like or my perception was right, this is this is going to be a nice ending here. He hit choice again. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. It could always be the ending via yeah, editing, that's right? True. You never know. Chop nah, the pause, the pausing, the pausing, yeah. if you will. Slice yeah, but, and dice. No, because I also have some other questions, but mainly my main, my main. And ice, you just hit ice. Yeah, I want to talk about the ice a little, and I want to talk about parenting a little mm. bit, mm -hmm. um, if you want to. But mm -hmm. the ice, because I know you got in the ice not too long ago. Yes, a few times. It was tough. How was the first it? Time, the first time I got into the ice, um, it seemed more like torture than anything else. <laughs> it really did. Um, I, it was very, I worked out with Colin. We, we had done a really great workout. And uh, uh, I was looking forward to the ice because I was just hot. And when I got in, it was really thrilling. The first moment getting into the ice was super thrilling. And like, oh, this is different. It's a great. And I love, I mean, I'm, I'm a creature of comfort. But also I love experiences. There's a, a monk uh, named Cielo who used to be a chef and Japanese fellow. And uh, he's now a, a monk. And he's like, taste life. Just taste. Just taste, <laughs> taste life. He's always about tasting life. So it's like, great, great. So I got in and it was a, woo, a rush and isn't this great and then the reality set in and it began to hurt and really it was a lesson in letting go letting go of my muscles letting go of my perceptions my preconceived notions letting go of what was happening in the moment and really better than letting go it's surrender really the, that was the lesson that I got mm -hmm. out of that was surrender. You are in sub-freezing temperatures, zero degrees at the bottom there, right? And the more you're willing to surrender to the pain, to the cold, to the discomfort, the more comfort you actually have, the more you're able to withstand and adapt to it. Which is really strange, you know? It's like, when it comes to pain, mm -hmm. the there's tension, there's uh, getting away from, there's a sort of, uh, you know, a pushing away from. But when it comes to that, you there's nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. It is all around you. So you go within. Yeah. Or at least I do anyway. <laughs> and You it, have to. You have to, or right? you will not yeah. be able to stay. Yeah. And so the first time I did it, I might have lasted 20 seconds. And I got out 
and it felt as though someone had been knifing my shins. Uh, and it was really strange because the rest of my body was okay. It was just that lower whatever between my the knees calves. and my uh, ankles was just like really super painful. And I got out and I was like hobbling around like a goof. And then the next time I got in, and Same this was day? after, no, this was oh. a week later, yeah, I think. Week, it was the next week. Something yeah. a week later, I had, because of my experience in the tub, I started taking cold showers. Nice. Warm, warm, warm. And then at the very end, yep. doing it and making sure, like my coach told me, to breathe through my nose Good. and just allowing it to happen and just relaxing and just all of that. I began to, again, surrender to the experience and it became more and more pleasant and it became more and more of or became less and less of a of a shock and more of a connection and you saw the myself. choice part right to come yes. back to that because yeah. that's the whole freaking point of it yeah you can yeah. get out you can hop out of the tub and not have the experience yeah you know that and I, you can breathe yeah and change your experience exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and dive into it and yeah. surrender and i love that that's the same word i come over and over again yeah. back to when i coach people in the yeah. eyes because that's what i felt too yeah. um and i just had this insight just this second that i'm always thinking about how amazing it is that we are kind of formatted for different different thresholds uh, pain thresholds mm. as women that bear children and push them out hmm so it, it is a thing that I think it helps us in the eyes, right? Because yeah. there's that pain that we learn to identify as sensation and that contraction that you learn to identify as a wave because you know it's going to pass and then the next one and then it's going to mm. pass. So I think that helps us. And when I coach women, I use that a lot. Mm. And also the power, power talk of if you can bear children, you can do this. Yes. <laughs> no. But in anyhow, the insight was that that may be a way that you guys get to experience that surrendering that yeah. we experience during childbirth. Sure. I because mean, because that's I, exactly I, what it is. I can't even begin to imagine what childbirth yeah, I wasn't must be like because I feel like that's pretty ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> it's very intense, but in, in the surrendering aspect of sure. it, that you have to either resist the experience. Yeah. yeah. And you end up maybe, you know, screaming for drugs or an operation, mm. or you can surrender to it and yeah. learn how to dance with it. Yeah. And at some point, that baby wants to come out as well, <laughs> right? So, so yeah. you are right. helped. Can yeah. you see that? Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a male equivalent, which I honestly don't know if there is one. But no. I, I can't no, imagine. I think... uh, there isn't one, and not first a of all. Physical, like, no. A physical, like passing a stone, maybe. maybe. Like, I mean, psycho I can't even imagine. No, that's like, yeah, there not, is no male equivalent gonna, to, to that. To get to experience no. that surrendering yeah. and, the, and the embracing of it and the breathing sure. through it. I mean, all yeah. those you find in yeah. childhood. Yeah, and I and being in the ice for me, the breathing was especially interesting yeah. because the ice is an immediate sort of the desire is to contract. Yep. The desire is to the instinct. The instinct, rather, yeah. yes, <laughs> instinct, not the desire, right? Yeah. The, regardless of what your desire is, yeah. the instinct <laughs> is to contract and to breathe in a way that does not necessarily serve you or serve surrender or serve relaxation or to you know vocalize and all those things whereas just breathing through your nose forces you to concentrate forces you to you know activate whatever mm -hmm. 
you know more about this than I do, but yeah, you know, slow down. Yeah, to slow down and to Nitric take acid, actual yeah. deep breaths mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, through the mouth and vocalizing and mm-hmm. you know the short changing of oxygen you gave yourself. Do you ever use that kind of breath work and for for other sure. moments in your life? Absolutely. Yeah, when I'm out running all the time, like I'll try and just breathe through my nose as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And if I feel upset or I feel like just I try and just breathe, breathe, breathe as much through it. And, you know, when it comes to the musical theater and the performance game, I mean, the breath is everything. Mm-hmm. When you come to singing, you know, it's like it is, is everything. Absolutely mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> I I just makes me think about my personal main interest in the ice. Uh, I can imagine people who are arguing and like the ice is just such a great and, and all the elements with the ice because it's so different to most of it. It's, it's such a great equalizer. Like, mm. I imagine especially when you're going to be debating people on stage with in yes candidacy. Yeah. I think persistent. you should say that I'm very persistent about it yeah. only because it's where I go with it. It's like if people would just shut the fuck up and like, look, talk about it after that. You're not going to talk about the same thing because you will have been forced to breathe and the breathing the correct mm. way will change your whole perception of whatever you were thinking about before. And you won't want to have the same experience with whoever because you won't be the same. And, you know, we could talk about nitric oxide, but mostly it's just like you will not look at yourself just like it's and obviously there are many things like that it's just a unique one at the moment because like you said creature of comfort and all of us are overly domesticated um Mm. it's a thing it's just a normal thing we get cold we get hot earth has we it snows it rains sometimes when it's sub-freezing do you mean it's human it's natural yeah (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that was that was like a biased question, obviously. Is that another one? What but I think the extremes, bear traps. Bear traps. the yeah. extremes, <laughs> the extremes, the extremes, you know, that is well, a it's faster effect. Me. Yeah. Like get right into it. Exactly. Boom. And so we Have get to be aware. stuck in certain patterns. Have to breathe. Right. Mm, I think stuck. when we get stuck in certain patterns, like you talk about that argumentative thing. Well, it's such an obvious way you can end an argument right <laughs> <laughs> let's finish this in an ice bath yeah exactly yeah, like hang on look come back in 10 minutes but it's it, yeah and you know we th- we've covered a lot of stuff here but you know it's like that you strip away all of that stuff nothing else matters but you and the present and the moment breathing. Yeah. yeah in and the present in, moment in yeah. the present moment is that argument the the problems all those things don't matter because we just drag those around from moment to moment to yeah, moment. Yeah, and and your sense of how they matter will be different. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it probably will matter. Like, okay, wait, this is a relevant problem. This is a sort of life and death survival related, or at least something that we need to think about. If not now, yeah. like tomorrow, mm-hmm. but let's think about it differently. Yeah, as we and you will be thinking about it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in a way, I think physiologically, your brain will do some of that work by prioritizing and saying mm. that was insignificant yeah. now i have to stay alive because i'm freezing to death right so your set of priorities will also shuffle right yeah. which is most likely a good thing for us yeah yeah, yeah. and we don't do it enough yeah. daily i mean yeah frequently. And, then, and then the empowerment part which i, I love think, yeah yeah because i get to overcome myself yeah i get to push you're beyond more capable again and it's it obviously will translate right to 
the whatever the stage is like okay sure. i could do that yeah. yeah and that thing of you did it once and it wasn't that you know it felt like torture but you came mm. back mm-hmm. and you did it again it and like your mindset was too. different and the outcome was way different so yeah. you you get to practice that same approach of the audition you may one day not succeed the way you achieve you think success feels like sure. and then you get better so can't wait till you be there for three minutes or yeah. whatnot and then you will feel so blissed out it's, it's an amazing <laughs> it's better than sex yeah oh yeah <laughs> i haven't achieved that better than sex part but <laughs> sometimes depends well there's sex and there's great <laughs> right, sex right, right, yeah. i didn't say this better than great sex. okay oh, justin just left sex. he just went and got <laughs> in the ice sorry guys <laughs> This is not going to bode well for my campaign. This this part. <laughs> no, no. Everybody needs a little, you know, flavor, spice, a little spice on there. It's yeah. actually your campaign motto, Justin Guarani. Yeah. Better than sex. I wanted to bring you back in there, Joe, because your experience in the ice, your first time, mm-hmm. was yeah. you know everybody's different, right? You were. You can. Oh, I, I'm waiting for you. I mean, I was just craving it. I was ready. I was doing yeah. the hot shower with the cold probably you know five minutes in the morning oh um, so you, you were preparing he was yep. he was preparing oh, yeah. no well you were and I, I run pretty hot in general it's the italian <laughs> thing what did you what do you say 75 degrees italian <laughs> you know? so yeah but i uh but you're only time, half yeah that's the, degrees, that's the problem that's the problem but uh the last time i was in was and six you're minutes. closer to six Antarctica. Minutes? So yeah. huh? 30, 30 degrees, six minutes was pretty. 30 degrees in six minutes. Yeah. It was pretty weird, oh. pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> it amazing. That's amazing. It, was, it felt, I felt amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I got to try that. I did, what did it, was it zero? I well, yeah, zero. for the record, yeah, we. it's probably like you said at the bottom, it right. measures around oh, 28 to 30. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's where the thermometers sit. At the top, it's probably 32, 33, right. but that's it's crazy. cold. It doesn't, it's, it's cold. It's still cold. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it though. Yeah. It's cold enough. I really enjoyed it's it. It's extreme, to do like it again. you said. And that's, yeah. That's, it's transformative. Like, and that's XPT, like you brought up before, extreme personal uh, performance training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's transformative, exactly, because you see the choice part. Right. Just the point of transformation, I think, to be able to see mm-hmm. how you can choose. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and that you have a hand on your lifestyle, that you can choose, you you can make different adjustments. Like, you may, you make a choice to make this hmm. play game, game play of having a ritual in the morning and then that sets you up for a great day and oh. that is a lifestyle yeah. you are setting that up for you and not only for you but for your children for your wife my favorite part is the little notes yeah because i do that too a yeah. lot i'm a note liver right yeah. I, so so i relate to that it's like i i can savor the moment when they're gonna find this note mm-hmm. and they don't expect it and yeah. i love it i i'm i'm known to leave some post-its on car doors Mm-hmm. that's a good one right <laughs> so anyway um you you like a ripple right you affected the lives of others around you right by that those lifestyle right. choices that you're making with intention so mm-hmm. i love it because the greater ripple of your family is your neighborhood and your mm-hmm. community and mm-hmm. now on and your online community so yeah. it's awesome yeah it's a lifestyle thanks. yeah it's improvement for the whole that's legacy yeah. That's legacy for me. It's like, okay, great. You know, I can do a hundred Broadway shows, 
or commercials or whatever. And they, that you know, when it comes to like, I'm not trying to disparage any of it. There's legacy there as well because. I talk about origin story. That's one of my other things that I tell people. You know, when you start to feel down in this business, think about your origin story. And like in the movies with um, with the Avengers or Marvel, every one of those people have an origin story. They were someone normal or some norm, some being going about their lives, and there was this thing that happened. You know, Peter Parker gets bit by a spider. Mm-hmm. You know, Tony Stark has this massive change in his life. I forget what made him want to do Iron Man. I think maybe he was like sort of... He was, was he crippled or something? He was attacked yeah. or something like that? Yeah. And, and like all these these things happen that inspire Ask us to be bigger. It. <laughs> whatever it was. I don't know whatever it was. But they inspire us to be bigger. They inspire us to be better or to make a change in our lives, right? And so when you go see a Broadway show, there are times when I know I went to see a Broadway show, I think with Les Mis, and I was like, oh, this I love this. I want to do this. Mm. And that was part of my origin story. And there's yeah. so many people. So yes, I could do a bunch of Broadway shows and there's legacy there. But ultimately, the fully focused intention of the legacy of the Warrior Artist Alliance movement is to try and help people to come back to themselves and to create new origin stories and to grow mm. and expand. Have you had to grow any filters Sorry, you had a yeah. question there, and I hit. Yeah. I hit no, I didn't have a question. Go you had it. an Avengers comment that we're not gonna make. <laughs> no, go for it. <laughs> what? Go for it. You sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, is it Avengers or Avengers? Avengers, like one, yeah. Avengers. The way you say it's nice. Though. I like uh, Avengers. No, I, I mix yeah. some words. That's okay. That's You're allowed. Right. Um, I I wonder if you had to filter if you have to actively filter something in order to maintain this attitude, which seems to me open and compassionate mm-hmm. to yourself mm-hmm. and also pretty straightforward, like moving forward. Yeah. Uh, do you have to filter opinions or? Um, I have to filter out the, uh, um, how would I put this? Um, it's not filtering so much as just where my attention is mm-hmm. right. and my understanding. So it's less trying to filter out. It's just, you know, it's like rock through the waterfall, just allowing it to pass through, you know, and, and really what that comes down to it with me, one of, you know, my Achilles heels in the past was self-worth and where I get my self-worth from. And, is it that applause? Is it the attention of a woman? Is it all the, those things that I would use to fill up that hole that ultimately were just like empty calories in essence, you know? And so I now understand and it's like I, one of my rituals in the morning is that I, I um, have a journal and in it, it's, you know, and in it I have a piece of paper that I just, you know, recite the things from it over and over and one of them is that you know I am now giving myself the love compassion understanding and all these other things that I want it, it, giving myself those things because they are within me they've always been within me that's the gist of what it is that I say and that's a filter because no applause no adoration no none of those things that are fleeting mm-hmm define me anymore fill me up for a short amount of time anymore Hmm. yeah 
not to go down this tangent, but that speaks to the detrimental effect of, unfortunately, I think it is Catholic, especially on us men, is that excessive propensity to think selflessness is good and go down that path too much. But because uh, I see it all the time and I hear about it all the time, yeah. that excessive selflessness. But that's for another time. Well, yeah, I mean, selflessness. But what do you mean by selflessness? Well, it becomes a denial of our own needs and values. Sure. That's, a, the, that's what I mean. In the sure. excess context. Yes. The excess is the key word. Right, right, um, right. And that's detrimental and destructive yeah. and dangerous and, and actually normal. Um, but yeah, and that's, you're talking about attachment to outer praise and mm-hmm. outer love and outer yeah. recognition and yeah. all that worth coming from outside versus what you carry with you all the time and we neglect to look there and to hold that valuable because mm-hmm. we seek it out. Yes. Yeah. Validation. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm just validating the valuing selfishness in a way. Not Self-centeredness. What yeah. I like. Yeah. You know? And we're taught, but we're, but I mean, it's a good <laughs> We're taught like, my God, you know? Well, that's what Martin, I mean. Martin. The, the, yeah, yes. Mart like yeah. you can't oh you sacrifice and we cannot, you know, Total. The, the the meek shall inherit the earth and all of those things that are like Yeah, and Mistakes. there's there's a beauty in that, but if taken too far Well yeah, it's, there's a there's value. Yes, yeah, but the excess value. is too far. The yeah. excess that is where it's at. But that's a whole different conversation. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not go there. No, that's we're not. Two. I'm that's not we're not going to religion right I'm bring- <laughs> I just want to feel the room. Where are we on time? Let's be let's be honest. It's good. I got something to do in an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you wanted to at least get into parenting. I just had Um, a few questions because we all have kids similar mm -hmm. ages. Mm -hmm. Like I have a six and almost nine year old. Mm. Colin, you have an eight year old. You have six, eight, and fourteen. So I don't even know what fourteen looks like, except my niece, my beautiful niece. Uh, But (laughs) I don't live with her all the time, so I get glimpses. So I'm just wondering. I have a couple things in mind. One is, do you intentionally expose your children to the arts? and spirituality and this mindset um this choice mindset we're talking about yeah i expose them to the arts for sure um when it comes to uh, spirituality and the choice mindset that's more for my eight-year-old he's getting to a place where he can really understand those things i mean the uh, i forget is it the id or the ego i can't remember the id i think is what it is the child that wants just everything that's still my six-year-old still kind of trapped not trapped there but like every six year you know what i mean like six it's all about me yeah like today he walked up and he saw that we got um like a bike and some other things for um william's birthday my eight-year-old's birthday and he's like this is all his stuff He's like, can I get some of this? Ah, oh, I thought, you know what? This birthday is going to be all about him. And, I don't know <laughs> and it's so funny because he's so, it's like sometimes he's reading from a script that only he can see with some of the things that he says. And we're like, where did you hear that? <laughs> and yet he's like, you know, I, that's his biggest struggle today is that William's birthday is going to be all about William and William's going to get all the intention and he's going to be our favorite boy. <laughs> <laughs> So try and try and reason with that, you no know. Way. You can, but you can just you can just try and just gently, patiently help them along the way. Um, but my eight-year-old, yes, I do talk to him about the fact that he has choice and that he gets to be a teacher for his brother, and that you know, the giving him responsibility and showing him that he has power. 
that he does, even in his limited capacity, you know, as an eight-year-old person. I mean, I guess limited in terms of size and that. Like, he has power and he has influence. And so, yes, and then I expose them to the arts because that's just what we do. I walk around the house singing all kinds of dumb shit. And then um, today, as a matter of fact, when I go home, I'm going to bring down my big, I have one of those old, you know, Triton Studio Korg keyboards the old heavy ones yeah those massive heavy ones now they're all light and they're all midi controllers now but like the massive thing i'm going to bring it down and put it in our um our little sort of living roomish zone um and plug in the speakers and they get there's gonna be another toy for them to have because i've been dying to get the thing down there and i'm gonna start giving them piano lessons not taught by me thank god and yeah exposing them to play you know, it's like, I like to think of it like the old To Kill a Mockingbird, the original movie. What they did, because they had children, I forget who directed it, they had children on the set and they were in this big soundstage and they just moved the cameras way back. The director was like, get the cameras out of here, get them out. And they just sat with the kids on the set and they played on the set. And then they started talking about the characters on the set. And then they started doing the lines and the work on the set. And they just started doing it. And they just slowly moved the cameras a little bit closer. And they just did the same thing. Slowly moved the cameras closer. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Until eventually the cameras were where they needed to be to catch the action. And so that's the way I want to do it. I don't want to you know, be with the, the ruler in my hand and say, sit down and you will do this for 15 minutes. And you will learn. No, it's a toy. I want it to be play. I want it to be fun. There's all kinds of wacky sounds on there that they can have fun with. And then via their joy and their ease, be like, hey, you know you know what this note's called? That's C. And it's a C sharp, and that's D. Okay, great. Go back to play. And then you slowly integrate that in until they can then sit down with the teacher, and then the teacher will take them through the actual learning process. But... That's how I love to expose. A different learning process. A different learning. You're right. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're right. A different learning process. I love taking my my kids with me to New York when I'm doing a show or or even sometimes when I've auditioned and rain is not available. You know, um, I think it's really important. They have a great Broadway babysitters. I think is what they're called. And like literally, they will babysit. They'll come to your show and they'll babysit your kid um, in the lobby or sometimes backstage, but don't tell anyone. And they'll babysit your kid in the lobby. And my son has gotten to come in and just like walk in and see me doing a show, a little piece of it, and then walk wow. back out and go play. Right. You know. And so, mm -hmm. so yeah, that is that's that's mm -hmm. my. I love to expose them in that way for sure. Those are the most formative for me. I get to bring the girls to work sometimes when yeah. there's no school, and then they play a little bit in the lobby and in the gym, and they peek in the in the classroom. Yeah. yeah. And then they do things at home. I see them playing between them, and and they do they do what they see me do plus their own imagination. So yeah. it's adding things that I can't even imagine, and they're <laughs> better than what I do. So sometimes I'm like, whoa, what is that move? Yeah, you know? yeah, and, uh, sure. It's really great because yeah. they are great teachers to us too, aren't they? Yeah, for so sure. No, I, I to have the dialogue. Well, I just love rediscovering the world through their eyes, especially when they're little. Oh my God, there's so many things that we've just take for granted. And they're so normalized to us that when a child, I'll never forget the first time my son recognized that he had a hand. He was in his <laughs> crib and he was just, you know, like a few months old. 
and he was just bopping around and just looking and all of a sudden his hand waves in front of his face and he stops and he looks at it yeah and he has this most amazed look on his hand yeah. uh, his hand his face that he just sees this hand and he gets that and that? you that that can yeah what is that yeah. and that neural connection it yep. just was i'm so lucky that i was there just looking mm-hmm. at him while he happened to do that mm-hmm. and you know then comes the, the questions later on my son's loaded with questions oh yeah mine too yeah and mm-hmm. so you begin to think okay how do i think about this how do i frame this for someone you know who is 8 or 6 or, and and you read then rediscover the information and for yourself my favorite is when when sophia my oldest she's she's almost 9 and mm. she has a lot of questions and mm-hmm. she asks me something that Sometimes I know, sometimes I don't know, but I can say I don't know. We'll look it up, or mm. I can say. So, what do you think? Yeah. And she'll give me she'll give me her explanation, and sometimes it's just crazy good, not real, but it's amazing. So I said, "Whoa, that sounds great!" Yeah. And we go with that, and we'll go with that for a while, <laughs> and let's see. Next time that comes around, we'll find the real truth to that. But man, how many years she will have that fixed knowledge of what that is? forever right so can we play there for i mean nothing like life or this right i'm not gonna let her believe things that are not um and recently they discovered the easter bunny like Ah. a few days ago because my niece wore a costume and they had this thing and and uh, this is this is the incredible thing that happened that she was wearing this costume a big head and and furry outfit and uh, and she had the head was attached with pins or something i couldn't attach it really really tight enough mm. and her straps could be seen so they played along and at that point when she's leaving bye 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 she says i know sasha's secret <laughs> she is the easter bunny but see th- that's again the child's view she, she didn't say oh i know the easter bunny's bluff mm. She said, I know Sasha's secret. She is the Easter bunny. Like she yeah. goes from house to house doing this for kids. <laughs> and I'm like, well, how do you know? She says, I can recognize her necklace anywhere. It's like ridiculous. It was just a simple necklace. You know, she could see that it was her, but it didn't mean that the Easter bunny doesn't exist. It means, oh, our niece is the Easter bunny. Yeah. Heads up. There's an innocence right? to that perception. Even with like Santa, you know, Santa. My, my, my son asked me, because we have a, a little Santa house in Doylestown here and my son was like that's not the real Santa I was like no it's not he's like well it's like Santa, well, it's like one of Santa's like helpers right it's like one of the people that Santa sends out to like so the kids <laughs> like yes sure, sure. there's sure. many helpers sure sure yeah because at that time you have the, the, the choice to kill that innocence yeah with truth facts and things that are just Unnecessary because he'll get there. He'll get yeah. there probably next year. Everyone does, right? Yeah. Everyone does. Or you yeah. can f- you can let that live a little longer. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Santa you, is um, not real? So what you're saying? That guy gave is... me a tic tac and told me. <laughs> was... <laughs> Were you sure it was a tic tac? It's a Home Alone reference. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys are into movies, huh? Yeah. Well, that's a guy thing. It, yeah. it is. That's a guy thing. Quoting movies is is a guy. It's a thing. guy thing. Okay, good to know. I yeah. feel much better now. Oh, I thought yeah. it was a pop culture there are no reference. Women not that like movies. From, uh, oh, they like <laughs> movies, but I'm talking about like excessively quoting <laughs> movies. Yeah, be seems thing. to be more of a guy. Our thing. generation, in particular. Sure. Yeah. But sorry, continue. <laughs> 
You just put me on a different generation, which is not true. No, our may the gen that didn't do that. I heard that. I heard that. that. Cut that out. You are a woman. We are men, and we have been. We're all nothing related to the fact that I'm older (laughs) and from another country. No, no, no. No, got it. No, actually doesn't. That's not the way I read that. Yeah, thank you. See, there you Mm. go. Don't give me that. I'm goofy, I tell you. I don't have to be serious all the time. Let's see. Did I, I have any other questions? So we talked about spirituality mm. several Just times. A bit. We talked about your book, this career turn or re- reinvention. Uh-huh. Um, I, I read a very cool, probably maybe from last year, interview at the Huffington Post that oh. you gave. I don't know if you remember that. And you make this made this distinction between show business and show friendship. Sure. And you were talking about not buying into the media. And if it's not too much or taking it too far, I think it would help a lot of those people that are reaching out into your community um, with the Warrior Artist uh, Alliance because that is the risk is that sometimes mm. we measure our success or, or tend to say, oh, are we good enough? by reading what others write about us and in these days there's so much crap out there yes so do you want to talk a little bit about that sure so show business and show friendship i mean like (laughs) it's a business at the end of the day and it goes back to the point that i was talking about about not buying into your own press Mm -hmm. regardless of how good or bad it is you're never as good as they say you are and you're never quite as bad as they say you are and if you live in that area and if you just don't bother to read reviews which is probably the safest thing because now again we live in such a fragmented world and society where like you know it's like just 10 or 15 i was looking at playbill.com the other day and there's like 10 or 15 outlets that used to be the new york times or you know the los angeles times the big papers could make or break a show it's just not the case anymore mm-hmm. you know even with the bad reviews the producers and the the pr folks will pull out some of the good things they said and just paste just a few of the good words out of context. it could be a terrible oh, sure. review but out of context you can take it and pull out you know the costumes were superb or something like that. But you take out the costumes and you just say superb. You, know, <laughs> like, you can do that. Oh, you can yeah. do that because yeah. it's all about perception. And, you know, the millions of dollars it takes to put up these things, you got to spin and, and survive as best you can. I mean, if your material's bad, it's bad. But, you know, even Wicked, Wicked was a show that limped its way to the Tonys. When Wicked came out, it was not particularly well-reviewed. Um, and it limped all the way to the Tonys and then Adina won the Tony. It might have won a Tony, I think, for something, or maybe costumes and some other things. And then it started to gain momentum and now it's just like like $300 billion, not billion, probably $300 million, you know, uh, at least. I don't even know. It might even be billions at this point because they have <laughs> so much. Uh, it's like this huge property. Um, and so... Yes, to to speak more to your point, you know, not buying into applause or laughter or lack thereof to define you is a huge component to success in the performance and the entertainment game. Um, and fortunately, social media, 
for for better or worse has allowed us to create our own narrative now mm-hmm. whereas we would be so afraid that this person would write an article about us or that, that, that we now control the, or paparazzi would take a picture of us. We now control that narrative. Mm-hmm. We take the pictures. You can sit inside all day and take pictures of yourself <laughs> and not be have to be threatened by someone outside of the house taking pictures of the way you don't want to look. Right. Or more often than not, I saw Jennifer Lopez the other day, not a stitch of makeup on her face. Yep. Looks completely different than she does when she's in full beat, but she's owning it. Yep. And it's now the the narrative, the overarching arching narrative of, you know, uh, I have to be distant from my audience i have to put on the perception and airs and all that stuff is is the now not cool thing to do the cool thing is to show up and be like hey i'm live no makeup i just woke up it's as crazy as how my day's going my dog just yeah, shit on the rug because like, i'm human too exactly yeah. i look just like you when i wake up exactly. well, not really because my hair is better well you know what, you know I, know what I, mean. I mean yeah yeah i got a little work on <laughs> but like the whole point is is that like that vulnerability that openness we now control that. Yeah, yeah. And so if you can, mm-hmm. that that is the challenge now. The challenge is not to create this this perception of wealth and and celebrity and fabulousness. Now the challenge is to just be. Mm-hmm. To be courageous and vulnerable and open enough to just be relatable. Yeah. And it applies to the way, I, I love what you're saying and where you're going with it, because it, it applies to the way you relate to the content that is put out there about you mm-hmm. that you could suffer in the past and now you can have fun with it. Yeah, I like I love what up. you do on Twitter you because like I'm a Twitter user. Yeah. It's just yeah. yeah. You want to talk spin it to yeah. serve yourself. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like great. Say what you will. It's like PT Barnum. PT Barnum said, I don't care what you say about me as long as you spell my name right. <laughs> and that's it. That's this huge secret. It's like I don't care. I'll make it work. Yeah. Just make sure it's spelled right, right? Yeah, <laughs> Just let yeah, them know yeah. who I am. Yeah, and, and at the core of that is a beautiful um, belief that the moment you, you let people tell you that you're great and you buy into that, mm-hmm. then you're going to suffer at some point because somebody's going to tell you that you're bad and you're going to believe that too and that's sure. going to bring you down. So yes. it's freedom. It's very liberating to be able to not buy into any of it. Yeah. And I guess the bigger you get, the more of those you get, right? Trolls and people oh, that yeah, are not of course. friendly. Oh, of course. It doesn't, you could be, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think it's the more you live, the more you put out good energy. Yeah. There are people who just would love to tear that down because that's mm-hmm. their thing. And How about afraid. the fans, the girls that want a piece of your shirt and stuff? I don't, I don't have you don't, that. You don't give it? No, that, that, that was, that was the first cycle. I Got guess it. of my career, <laughs> you know. I mean, there are people who are very interested in me still, but you know, there's not that, and I don't want that. Thanks, mm-hmm. but no thanks. I mean, no, that, I can imagine not... you don't want it, but I'm I'm thinking about how to deal with it. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I think if if uh, I don't know how to deal with that, to be <laughs> honest with you, because I just that's so not a part of my life. Right. And were I to be in a position where people would want to get at me like that. I think that there would be some barriers, some sort of security, some sort of something mm, uh, between me and, and that. But, you know, that's, that's just a symptom 
I always like to, and again, it's like when you you clearly choose to live your life in a way that doesn't allow for that to even. No, I think that oh, that wanting to be that that is all based around the perception of that you're untouchable, Hmm. and so much. And there's you know there's still plenty of people out there who have that untouchable thing, right? And so they want a piece of you because you're untouchable. But when you make yourself vulnerable and open and like yeah, you don't feed that, right? And there may be people who are excited, but they feel like they know you. And you come to them looking all kinds of raggedy in the morning like they look and they're less inclined to be like, because that's it. You know, a lot of people ask, well, how do you deal with that? And I say, well, it has nothing to do with me. Hmm. It has everything to do with the perceptions that they put around me. What is it that they make of me that they're trying to fill themselves with? What is it that I represent that missing piece in their own lives that I represent? You know, because it has nothing to do with me. But I don't feed into that. I don't feed into that sort of celebrity. You can't touch me. I'm yeah. removed. I wasn't going that much there as much as um, sharing your energy and sharing your time and sharing mm-hmm. your availability. Because what yeah. I find, and I, I'm not a celebrity, like the, the kind of you guys are in Doyle, Town. both of you. <laughs> Our Doylestown celebrities. I know because we go out to lunch oh, and it's and like, hey there, Joe, oh, hi, how's Joe's, your family? Like, Maybe you too. Oh Joe my God. Too. Yes, Joe. You're, everybody Joe, knows. I had to move out it's of Doylestown. Okay, dudes. All right. Kidding. So all these dudes are celebrities but me. But with my students, I see that, that at the end of the class, there's this 15, 20 minutes and everybody has a story and everybody wants to have your advice on something right. and everybody wants a yeah. piece of you in a good way, in yeah. a very good way, yeah. because you allow yourself, you make yourself available. So they, they receive some mm-hmm. energy, call it love, call it attention, and they want it. Mm-hmm. And when that is a large w- workshop... Um, and you have, you know, 50 people is a lot of bigger demand. And when I used to play parties for 400 people, when I was a DJ, that was a bigger demand. So I love to be able to hide. Mm-hmm. I had a little hideout yes. as a DJ. Yes. I created, we created this office in, in Coro because I wanted a retreat from the public, didn't I? Because sure. I know that at some point it's so hard to maintain your mm. balance and center when you give out so much so that's where i was going with it okay and I'm, I'm i'm glad you did because that brings us back to the conversation of the one-on-one one versus one to many okay and so the way to get around that in terms of business in terms of sharing your expertise with people is finding a way to batch content mm. so just one way for example when i talk about social media and the narrative and being able to control your own narrative there's a way where you can batch your content and where you can give people enough of your time to be useful but not be abused mm-hmm. by the thing that it is that you love and by those people so um Get into that full circle. Point. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's a way to, and so for what I what I like to do is I like to batch content, and I like to, and I haven't started really doing it because I'm more live, 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 live now. But eventually, what I what I would do is, again, that this podcast. You take this podcast. You can record one podcast, and then you can create a blog. You can create. Um, a uh, an Instagram post. You can create a YouTube post. That way, you are getting that from that one piece of content, that one um, uh, expenditure of energy. You are reaching so many people who 
who learn with different modalities, mm. right? So that's one thing. Well, it's kind of the same thing in terms of, you know, celebrity and whatnot. It's like, how can you create that narrative? How can you put an Instagram story and a Facebook story and, and a po- how can you create that narrative and get it out so that you are available, but you're not on the hook 24 seven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. No, that's the that's the question. There's lots of great software that'll help you with that. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We need to be careful about our business plan. We need to learn from him about I this. I know. Exactly. I'm gonna check out. I'm telling this, uh, Garrett. Yeah. Garrett. Do it. Yeah, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett's sure. awesome. The one funnel away challenge thing yep. that I gave you is really amazing. Yeah. Because do you listen to any podcasts or I things? Do. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do ask him for I all the secrets. Do, I do. I listened to the Marketing Secrets podcast, which Ooh. sounds like such a snooze fest, but really it's fun. I Take love a look. it. Sounds marketing like, Secrets. Sounds like Diana's favorite. Yeah, Marketing Secrets. It really is a great one. Um, Brendan Burchard is another person. It's uh, B-R-E-N-D-O-N and then B-U-R-C-H-A-R-D, I think. Brendan Burchard. Um, uh, what else? What other podcasts do I listen to? I listen to Pod Save America. Of course, mm-hmm. and then um, you know, I love I love That's... listening to my wife's podcasts. My favorite murder. She loves to listen to my favorite murder, and then she listens to the Dax Shepard show. Which, oh yeah, uh, yeah Dax Shepard's great. And so yeah. yeah, those are the podcasts I listen to. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any questions? No, I think we need to. I think we have to wrap it up. I think yeah. we've come to about five potential points, and I think we're going to wrap it. Three five potential podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> we are clear about your presidential campaign. Yes, twenty twenty, and you have our vote. Thank You're you. clear about what you're doing, mm. and it's fucking great. <laughs> Thanks. Clear about choice, um, and I'm. I'm inspired by the 5 a.m. I'm jealous. I got to work on that. The 6.30 thing is my goal right now. I go to bed at 10. That's I thing. don't get to bed at 10. That's, that's the thing. I was like, all right, you've yeah. inspired me to <laughs> get closer to 5 faster. It's so great because I but get But I'm eating bananas. For the ki- okay, good, good. But I like bananas. Nothing wrong with bananas. I need to go get some. But um, Our kids are the, obsessed the, with the bananas. Kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, bananas and my child, my eight-year-old is obsessed with bananas and penises. I at think this that's point. Yeah. yes, he's very penis-centric. Yeah, my girls are just talking about that recently, and they said we don't know the word for it, so we call it leaf. That leaf. Oh god! Thingy. I'm like, wait, you mean a that's penis? A, that's the Catholic influence too. Yeah, um, right, exactly. Catholic yeah, art. yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah, fig leaves and all. Leaf over it. Yeah, exactly. And oh, yeah, I, I think, think that's why. I think the only they, thing they, they I've successfully. Moves, like uh, well, I don't. We don't want. All right, we're gonna have to pause that one. <laughs> how they solve that is the question uh yeah i think the only thing i've successfully fed your son is a banana as far as anyway he's he loves them really we go through bunches of them every single week so thank you so much for being here today yeah my pleasure for your time great to have (laughs) you let's end it on bananas yeah (laughs) great to be here i don't care where we end it final (laughs) thoughts well see See you this weekend bananas yeah 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 there you go Joe, the producer. <laughs> Any last words for our, for our listeners? That was it. That's it. No, I just really am. Uh, thank you for having me here. I love Koru. Please, uh, if you have the chance to come by Koru and take a training or a class, please do it. It is 
hugely influential in my life. The ice alone. I got to get into a session with you. Yeah. I know I need a little body work. My wife definitely needs some body Great. work Come for in. sure. And um, yeah, there's there's something to be said for the XPT life, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, inspiring, and um, I don't know. I just feel a sense just of expansion. Yeah. And Where can people after. find you and your expansive movements if ah, they need to know more? Yes, if they need to know more, you can go to get... If you know, if you are a performer or you know someone who is a performer who auditions, you can go to auditionsecretsbook.com, auditionsecretsbook.com, where you can get the book for free, by the way. It's a digital awesome. download for free. Um, or you can go to warrioratistalliance.com, Warrior artistalliance.com where you can sign up for our free membership where you'll have not only the book available there to you but interviews and resources and trainings um, that I put out absolutely for free and if you like that you have an opportunity to go to the next level and become part of an exclusive membership uh, but I talk about that further on down the line yeah. I'm just interested in adding value Very and generous. giving you what it is that you, you need up front yeah we'll leave all the details on the notes and your handles too so yeah. people can follow your Thanks. Instagram it's very yes. very colorful and beautiful I <laughs> love it <laughs> thank you yeah wonderful yeah? thank you yeah my pleasure thank you so much yeah my pleasure thanks thank you so much for listening to both and Please check the show notes for more about the Warrior Artist Alliance and Justin Warini in general. Yep. Please like, share, and subscribe to both end to Warrior Artist Alliance. Um, obviously, Justin, most likely you already are. And uh, check out the conversations as they continue to come. <laughs>